Hey, who fans? Welcome to the Big Blue Box podcast. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And we're episode 133. 133. One day, I shall come back. Oh dear, we are in trouble, aren't we? I've reversed the polarity of the neutron flow, so the TARDIS should be free of the force field now. I have the advantage of being slightly ahead of you. Sometimes behind you, but normally ahead of you. The trouble with time travel is one never seems to find the time. Change, my dear. And it seems not a moment too soon. Unlimited rice pudding, etc., etc. A meteor storm that the sky above us was dancing with light. Purple, green, brilliant yellow, yes! I'm the doctor, by the way. What's your name? Rose. Nice to meet you, Rose. Run for your life. It's more like a big ball of wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff. Just remember who's standing in your way. Look at the eyebrows. These are attack eyebrows. You can take bottle tops off with these. Howdy, howdy, do you, who fans? Hope you've had all a, had a cracking week and that you've managed to do something Doctor Who related. Coming up in today's show, we need to talk about the trailer. Yes. The new trailer that dropped. I think it dropped during the rugby or the football. No, it was a football half time. It was wasn't the it? football, wasn't it? Yeah, that's yeah. It. I, yeah. yeah. So that'll be good. We'll talk through that. I think that's the bulk of our news, actually. We've got um, uh, just a single piece of merch. And then on to our review, our concluding story of the ninth Doctor two parter mm. The Doctor Dances. Yeah. Looking forward to concluding that review after the first part. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll see how, how it goes down leaving two parters uh, across three weeks. Like leaving, mm. you know, going back to Classic Weekend and picking it up. We'll see. Yeah. See how it goes. But how have you been, buddy? Good. Yeah. It's it's a glorious day. We are filming. I feel like we should be recording out uh, outside, yes. <laughs> like on a deck chair in our shorts, because it is glorious. It probably won't be on Friday when the podcast goes out. Um, but it's glorious out there. I'm staring out to beautiful sunshine. So <laughs> I'm ha- everyone's happy when the sun's out, aren't they? We were saying this at work yesterday. Everyone's more smiley when the sun's out. Yeah. Just uh, picks people up. So, no, I'm really good, mate. Thanks. Um, I should I should tell our listeners. I was going to say our viewers. <laughs> <laughs> I should tell our listeners um, we are both rocking our Big Blue Box podcast T-shirts today. Um, and obviously, we didn't know before we before we kicked off but i had a sneaky feeling i thought well mine's arrived i bet gary's has arrived so there's a good chance we're both going to be wearing it so i tried to do the two doctors thing <clears throat> where they both go snap out of time when uh, when we saw each other this morning and we we kind of did didn't we we were both like snap snap <laughs> we all yeah we purposely did it not yeah. at the same time to emulate yeah. the, the the cock up in the in the episode <laughs> <laughs> two doctors <laughs> but we're rocking the matching t-shirt so i've got i've got the black version you've got the the dark navy yes which looks great the dark navy yes yeah, good yeah. i love it yeah. i might have to get that one as well because it does look really nice in the in the navy it in does the navy. <laughs> actually i never thought of that in the navy so yeah i'm rocking we're both rocking our t-shirts and i've, I've got my mug i'm slipping out of my blue box mug so i feel very official now i feel like you know yeah, we've made it. We've got t-shirts and mugs. We've made it. We've been there and, and bought the t-shirt quite literally. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So other than that, I'm all good. Um, I had a couple of other little good things through the post as well as my t-shirt. I, um, I think you might have got this as well, actually. The Jago and Lightfoot Series 1 yes. box set turned yep. up, yep. Uh, which is good. Um, I haven't had a chance to listen to any of it yet. Have you? I've not. I haven't even 
downloaded it or unwrapped it yet, mate. No. I've just, uh, it's oh, on I've the shelf. Mine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I thought I'd check it. I thought, well, you know, these have probably been in Big Finish's warehouse for a good few years. I better just check the discs and all that sort of stuff. So, uh, no, it's all pristine and perfect. Um, yeah, I was really pleased to get that. And the first thing I thought is, oh, I can't wait to listen to this. <laughs> I haven't listened to a single bit yet. Yeah. <laughs> but I am looking forward to that. Um, what else come with it? Oh, I got a couple of the new Doctor Who figures as well, actually, arrived at the same time. I, I, I love one. it when you get yeah. a few little parcels. They're actually pretty decent because, so the figures are, you've got the 10th Doctor in his tux and two variations of 12, of the 12th Doctor. Um, I remember saying, like, when these were announced, uh, how boring it was. I was like, 10th in tux, how out of date is that? <laughs> He's actually really good in hand. I have to say, he looks really, he's a really nice figure. So I, I sort of take it back now. I've actually got the physical thing. He looks pretty cool. Hmm. Um, as for the two Doctors ones, they're a vast improvement on that dreadful 12th Doctor figure we got. Was it last year or the year before? I don't know if you ever, did you ever see it? It I, was, it looked nothing like, it was dreadful. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. They did about 10 variations of it. Basically <laughs> the same mold, just painted his shirt, different color and stuff. Um, this is a vast improvement, and again, he looks pretty cool. They've they've kind of they've actually got his features uh, a bit more on this one, so you can you know it does look like a powdy, which is good. Um, and he's got his checkered trousers from um, what's that Dalek story, the first one, Magician's Apprentice. No, is it? Um, which is I don't know. Oh yeah, sorry, but, yeah. Yeah, the one with yeah. Missy and all the dialects. Yeah, yeah. So he's got his checker trousers. So they arrived. So it's really cool. I got a couple of little Doctor Who parcels all arrived on the same day from different places. So oh, cool. that was good. Um, but I haven't really been up to much else, mate, to be honest. No. Um, no, apart from that, just, oh, the other thing was Doctor Who magazine arrived um, with a glorious John Hurt cover. I don't know if you've picked that up yet. I've not. No, I know. I've seen the cover there. It looks quite nice. Yeah, it's yeah. really good. It's really good. Another good cracking issue from them. So I have I have been reading a little bit of that. Um, but apart from that, mate, not a lot else going on this end, really. What about yourself? Um, yeah, a quiet one for me, mate. Yeah, yeah. not much going on. Um, I've watched the Series 10 trailer more times than I can count now. Mm. Um, yeah, got Jago and Lightfoot, unwrapped that, got it on the shelf. Mm-hmm. Where it'll probably stay on the shelf because I listen to the the uh, digital version, I, I assume. Yeah. I'll tell you what, that's so handy, mate. I had a few comments. I, th- I think it was last episode last week or the week before when I when I said that I, w- I was going to move away from buying discs from Big Finish. Yeah. Um, uh, although um, I'll still buy the box sets, you know, like the if, if it's like Doom Coalition or Dark Eyes, you know, and Jago and Lightfoot, like the cool-looking box sets, I'll still get those, but just the single releases, I'll probably move to to the digital downloads. And uh, had a couple of people um, say that they were thinking about that also, uh, just because mainly just, Due to space, really. Yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. So that's, um, I think that sort of confirmed my decision to do that. I think yeah, I'll move I away can, from discs. I can understand it because, funny enough, we just had some building work done this week and I had to clear everything away, um, as you might have saw on my Facebook, which included the loft. Now, up in the loft, um, I'd found a load of big finished CDs. Um, most of them I have down on my shelf, but I'd put, for some reason, Again, due to space, I guess. I'd put all the Companion Chronicles ones up there because they were a bit bitty. I'd sort of got, I'd only, you know, I'd got ones yeah. missing, and I thought, well, I'll, they, they can go up there for now. And I'd sort of forgotten about them. So um, now the building work's done. I'm kind of, it's quite nice because that's like, sort of like a clean slate to work from, if you like, because I'd had to clear my lovely shelf of Doctor Who things. <laughs> so I've started putting everything back, but I started putting it back um, 
in a new way. So in other words, like where I had three shells of big finish or three lines, I've, I've sort of rearranged it. So I've managed to fit more in. So, I, I mean, I have a feeling that my unit upstairs is either going to fall through the floor or just collapse under the weight. But I've managed to fit like two more racks of big finish CDs that were in the loft <laughs> in, in onto my shelf. Um, wow, right. My, yeah. The other half is not pleased. It looks like a CD shop up there. But um, yeah, it's cool because I just look at it thinking I, I've got my big finish shelf back because um, it's sort of depleted a little bit. Right. Due, yep. due, due to space and it was taken over but due to a bit of rearranging i've i've managed to squeeze a bit more on so yeah but again i know what you mean about the space though because i do keep looking at it thinking i love it but it does look cluttered <laughs> do you know what i mean yeah. i love it because i think god oh, look at all those big finish cds but anyone coming into the house would look at it and think god look at all those cds <laughs> like who has cds these now nowadays you know so i totally get where you come from with the space and i can't fit any more on there so it's i would never go over to digital only but yeah i'll i have to be a bit more selective in in what i buy i think i read you know? you. yeah yeah um, what's cool as well about having the all of the digital downloads which you'd get anyway even if you purchased the cd but um, mm. it looks really good when you open itunes and uh, your library on there is just f- like flooded with like big finish and your know, Doctor Who. So that looks cool as well. I like that. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's a bit like the app, actually. I downloaded the big finish app uh, last year because they, they totally redid it. I think they got somebody in to redo the app because it didn't, from what I understand, it didn't used to be that great. It didn't. So they, no. they redeveloped it, didn't they, last right. year? And um, so I downloaded it. It's a free app. Yeah. And I'm like, you yeah, I just love opening it because it just puts them all nicely in order and you can you know see your whole collection on your phone or whatever it's it is great yeah, yeah. well that's Definitely. another reason yeah and or you know to to not really worry about uh, sort of cds at the moment I, don't get me wrong I, there is a little part of me that's you know a bit nostalgic and likes the physical stuff um but uh but th- there, there is a case you know to to say that it's worthwhile going to to digital because you do save yourself a couple of quid with mm. every purchase and also True. you've kind of got all your bases covered so um, for, for me, I'm somebody that works from home for my job. Uh, I've got everything here on, you know, backed up on my hard drive and it's, you know, iTunes syncs, everything's lovely. And then when you go out and about, you just, you know, get the app out, as you said, you've got your whole library there as well as you're out when you're out on the go. So yeah, it's all good. It is good. Um, the, actually the only downside of how I've arranged my CDs now is that I can't put my, books i used to have my all my doctor books so i'd have my cds Ah, and i'd have my books on top of them but i can't do that now because i've stacked things differently so the books no longer fit on top so i've now although i've got more cds up there i now have nowhere for my books and i I know you can relate to this because you've got loads of books as well and i'm i literally have nowhere for all my doctor books and that's my big dilemma at the minute is what to do i was saying (laughs) i had this grand idea of creating a giant library up in the loft i was like how about we put some units up there and you know i can have all my books but apparently that's a no no because our it's hard to explain. Our loft is sort of open, so you can see up into it. So it's all a bit weird. So, yeah, apparently I'm not allowed that. That I just had visions of like the TARDIS library, you know, just having loads and loads of Doctor Who books up there. But yeah, um, yeah, it's 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 not going to happen. So I read um, you, I, mate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just to touch on shelving and stuff like that, it's uh, pe- people don't realise that this is a real life problem. It, it's not just something to be taken lightly. Where it's like, oh, I'll just move that shelf. Or I'll just move that stuff, you know, and do whatever. This is a proper OCD uh, struggle 
for, for, for yeah. you and I, and I, I'm assuming a lot of other Doctor Who collectors and so on, because the other day I saw that Eagle Moss has now released a, a bespoke stand. Oh, I saw that. that yeah, you can yeah. pop. I think it's up to ten figures on, and I thought, well. Now that there's a proper stand available, I might get that and you know order a bunch of figures, and that can and they'll look quite nice on there. Because some of the Eagle Moss figures, uh, did you post one of the um, the? Uh, oh, it's the Ice Lord. The Ice Lord. He looks. I don't think of his name. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. No, he really is good. He's a really good figure. Yeah. Because yeah. some of the earlier Eagle Moss figures, I think that's why I never sort of got into that whole figurine thing. Because some of them did look a bit dodge. Oh, well, they that, did. You know. Um, Funny enough, uh, I found a couple in the loft uh, when we were clearing out. It's re- really strange. I found the first three. Oh, right. Um, which right. I'd boned up. So there's Matt Smith, mm-hmm. um, a Weeping Angel, I think, and... Um, Is it a Dalek? Uh, no, uh, Cyberman? No, it's, it's the... Uh, what's the name? The... the Oh, Solerian. Solerian. Oh, yes, yeah. With the gun. Yeah. Whatever her name is. And um, yeah, it's really bad. It's funny because the Matt Smith one, who was issue one, I believe, looks terrible. Mm. It looks awful. And I was thinking they definitely have got better. They have. Um, yeah. In recent years. Because, um, yeah, I stopped buying them because, not because they were bad, but because of the service from Eagle Moss themselves. They were just dreadful. So I stopped getting them from Eagle Moss. And the shops only tend to stop the first few. Um, but I do sometimes pick up if there's a figure I think looks good. Like they have got some cracking ones coming out. Actually, they've got the guy from Battlefield. You know the blue monster, the horned monster. Yes, from yep. Battlefield. He's coming out. He's a definite buy. So if there's a good figure coming, I just I just back order them from from FP and Touch Wood. <laughs> they've uh, <laughs> they've been all right uh, in terms of they haven't arrived broken and they've actually turned up in a reasonable time. So right. um, yeah, but yeah, I must admit they've definitely upped their game. I think yeah, um, they have. Yeah, in terms of the quality. Yeah, yeah. And I was thinking of grabbing some um, just a bunch of figures because the actual Ice Warrior, just the you know the normal one looks really good. Mm. Um, uh, the Ood looks fantastic um i think i've seen him uh yeah he looks really good um there's like obviously a couple of daleks davros looks pretty good um general stahl silo yeah um, and he looks really good um yeah so there, there was a bunch on there that i thought you know I'll, I'll pick a few up but then that's when i started to debate with myself because I, uh, where's that gonna go on the shelf because if i put it there that means i'm gonna have to move that stuff and where's that stuff gonna go so do I, I need some shelves, more shelves put up? Do I need another bookcase? What's going on? So mm. it, it is a, a continual sort of circle of doom. <laughs> it's a dilemma, isn't it? And also <laughs> yeah. think about it like this as well, because the quality may have gone up, but so has the price, because they're now eight ninety nine each. Um, I think they were six ninety nine when they started, and they were definitely seven ninety nine for a while. They're now eight ninety nine each. So you think about it, you buy three or four of those little figures, you could have bought yourself one giant robert harrop figure oh, is what i was thinking the other yeah. day Do you know what i mean i was thinking because i love picking up these little figures well, i was thinking hang on you don't 899 doesn't sound a lot you think oh it's only 899 but four which would i rather have four of those little tiny little figures that do break what is it one lovely robert harrop figure so that's i'm trying to be it's difficult and i know you you're the same right it's difficult for me to resist picking up these little things but looking at the bigger picture i'm trying to rein it in a bit and just think yeah, mate. You know, think of the two together. Which would I rather have? See, this mm. is why we all need uh, a, a buddy that that understands this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> because if I if I said to to my missus, right, I'm just going to pick up a bunch of these figures, she'd be like, okay. Mm. But you know, need someone that's going to be like, well, Gary, hold on. Have you considered this? So that's an eye opener, mate. That's a good point. Mm. The Robert Harris stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't want to talk you out of it because, like I said, they got some great stuff coming up. But yeah, it's just something I was thinking the other day because I love I love getting them. But I did look at the ones I'd got and think, actually, you know, I could have bought like two lovely Robert Harrop mm-hmm. figures with the same money. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, mm. it's just saving though, isn't it? It's just saving up. Yes. Yeah. Um, just moving on to another thing. Just before we finish the waffle. Something we spoke about last week after we finished recording, um, which has been playing on my mind since we spoke about it. We were saying about, obviously, about the Doctor Experience closing, weren't we? Hmm. And how sad it is and all that. But then after we finished (laughs) recording the other week, we suddenly remembered that last year or whenever, there was talk of a Doctor Who theme park. (laughs) And and we were like, what's happened to that? Is that that still going on or whatever? And I think you did a little bit of research, didn't you? I did, yes. It, so it's still happening, isn't it? Because this, this seems to have been completely forgotten as far as I'm aware. Like, I'd, I haven't heard anything about it for ages. So I assumed it had been dropped. But apparently it's still happening, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it was something that that was going to be a long time uh, thing to get done. So uh, there was, this was back in 20, oh, crikey. I think it was back in 2011 or 2012. Yeah, oh golly, that far back. Yeah, it? when they said, right, we're going to build this really cool theme park. I think it was in Kent somewhere. Yeah. Uh, out in Kent somewhere. And a load of people jumped on board. And one of the people that was very excited about it was BBC Worldwide. Mm. Uh, because they wanted to throw some attractions in there linked to Sherlock, Doctor Who, and I think Top Gear as well. I think something was mentioned about Top Gear as well. All right. And uh, yeah, so they obviously it's a massive investment thing. And I think they threw in... They they dropped quite a few mil on the table. Mm. They they came into the meeting with their sort of silver briefcase, and they just uh, let it rain <laughs> like Kanye West all over the place. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think I think they dropped like two hundred million or something wow. like that, like uh, investment. Um, but as far as I can, uh, as far as I can sort of make out from the stuff that I looked into, uh, it's still a possibility because I don't think it was due to be. I don't think it was due to open until was it twenty twenty nineteen or twenty twenty? Yeah, that's something what sticks like that. in my mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it could still. I mean, I've not like you and probably a lot of mm. other people. We've not heard a. We've not heard anything uh, about it. But I think the whole thing, uh, the entire, uh, the entire park is like two billion pounds worth of, of theme park, mm. and. Uh, and uh, those three brands are going to feature heavily from the BBC, yeah. so Doctor Who, Sherlock, and Top Gear. Um, but yeah, there's just the end date. There's just no, um, there's no sort of. I, I think the original date was 2020. Then it got pushed back to 2021. All oh, right, so it's still a way off then. Yeah, and I think it's called mm. the London Paramount Resort, Ooh. and it's going to be in Kent, not London. <laughs> okay um so yeah that that's the deal with that i I assume it's still on the way because various uh companies have invested tons of money yeah so they're probably going to want to see the fruits of the labor so to speak yeah Uh, you you don't think some bbc uh executives (laughs) just living it out in uh you know in a remote island somewhere with all the cash (laughs) thanks for that yeah i'll be back i'll be back with some news on the uh (laughs) theme park you, you guys just sit in the car yeah <laughs> he's on the first plane out of here yeah. no I, we were just curious because we were talking about the, like, the props weren't we? we were saying well you know what's going to happen to all these lovely restored props from the experience and and then suddenly we got on to 
talking about the theme mm. park, which seems to have been forgotten. And yeah, I don't know. I mean, I know our listeners are very much in the know and uh, and very often quite helpful on these things when we talk about. It. So if anyone out there does know any more about this theme park, um, yeah, let yeah. us know. We just wonder what's going on with it. Yeah, yeah, be good though. Yeah. It will be good. Yeah, I just got visions of Chris Evans gate crashing though. I used to be on top here for a whole series. Oh Christ! Yeah, yeah. and Matt Smith at the other end saying. Don't you know who I am? <laughs> Just remember who's standing yeah. in your way. Your way. Chris Evans. <laughs> Chris Evans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, anyone knows about the theme park, tweet us. Yeah, let us know. Email, whatever. That's that's waffle done, I reckon. Yeah, I reckon. Oh, I was going to run out of time. Should we land the TARDIS and do some news? Yeah. Important news this week. Yes, yes. We've only got one news item, but it's uh, it's worthy of uh, of some decent chat, and that is we have our first proper trailer for mm. Series 10. Yes. So we had a teaser, didn't we, a couple of weeks back? Yeah, nice teaser. Library teaser, wasn't it? Which That's was good. Yeah. Mm. So that was cool. But now we've got a prop. well, yeah, yeah, I would say a, a proper uh, trailer that goes yeah. through... Um, they go through a bunch of episodes, a bunch of characters, locations, the whole freaking lot. And uh, I reckon we should play it. Okay. I reckon we should do it. Do it. This is the gateway to everything that ever was, or ever can be. It's like a spaceship. Pitch. What? That is a robot. It speaks emoji. Mars. 1814. Get oh. it. Nice here, isn't it? So how do we stay out of trouble? This is naughty. Exterminate. Something's coming, Bill. And I have the feeling that we're going to be very busy. It's time. What? Bring it. You're about to be exposed to the vacuum of space. This is the moment you've been waiting for since the day you were born. Now don't, Bill, with me to the TARDIS. Ooh. Well, well, well. Well, 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 well. Now I'm going to say straight off the bat here, mate. <laughs> um, my feelings towards Series 10 have been completely, completely 180'd. Yep. I don't know about you, because I think... When we were talking about, uh, on last week's show, we were saying that, oh, we've watched Broadchurch, and, or I've watched it anyway, and I was mm. really looking forward to Chris Chibnall coming on board, and I can't wait to see what he's going to do. But I've got to say, not that we were sort of, you know, bashing them off too much and all that stuff, uh, but we were saying, you know, based on recent years of Who, it's uh, it. And some of the things that we'd heard about Series 10, we were like, you know, what's going to happen? But after seeing the trailer, I'm really, really excited now because it just, it looks like a bunch of stories that are just fun adventures. Yep. You know, it's Um, just the Doctor and and Bill and uh, obviously Nardole. Nardole. He says it like that, doesn't he? Nardole. 
Yeah, he emphasizes the the doll. Uh, so it's just those three, from what it looks like anyway, just out, getting into trouble, having fun, good old adventures. And I love that. I can't, it just looks fantastic. And the trailer's mm. really sort of action-packed, isn't it? And Yeah, and I've, I've got to say, I love it. I'm with you. I've watched it loads. I've watched it loads. I, I really, really love it. Um, like you said, it, it just looks fun. Um, but, but it didn't make me sort of cringe. You know, like we've sort of, in the past, like with Nardle and stuff, we've been a bit worried about the humor and all that. But this, mm. like you said, it doesn't look like it's. Um, it just looks like fun, yeah. And and, and also, it, it looks really. The production looks good because we've talked about like the effects and stuff recently being very shoddy at times, and uh, you know the budget cuts clearly showing. But you know, from what just going by what we're seeing in the trailer, uh, just visually, it looks beautiful oh yeah it, you know yeah. it really does look great so yes i'm with you my it's really got me buzzing for series 10 yeah. uh, i have to say and i love the music mate you probably saw me rocking away to because um mm -hmm. again this is something we spoke about a while back we were saying love murray gold you know that's all good but it would be nice to have someone fresh come in and, and do the music you know even if it's just now and again or for the odd episode um, and for me, and I don't know about you, but the music really adds to this trailer big time. It, it's yes. it's really just that bit where it gets about three quarters of the way through and it goes da 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 da. Mm -hmm. It's just it's brilliant, and it's um it's the guy who did the music for Class actually. It's uh, Blair Mowat. That's right. Yep. Well, I assume it's him because he did the other mm -hmm. trailer, and they sound very similar. So. Yeah, it's just it's giving it a whole fresh feel. The trailer to me feels really fresh as well. It does feel like a new dynamic. You know, there's none of this sort of bossy Clara and this going on with mm -hmm. the Doctor stuff. So it feels like a brand new. This is what Moffat wanted, isn't it? It yes. does feel like yep. a, a fresh new show again by the trailer to me, anyway. So, well excited. Yeah, it looks amazing, and it's. I was kind of. I, a part of me is always a little bit worried about that because I think to myself, you know, do we want something that's too sort of following the crowd in terms of uh, sort of uh, high action comic booky style? Mm. You know, like um, uh, over the last few years where we've had uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies and, and now the DC movies, you know, do we want it to be really sort of really fast paced and action packed? Because the trailer is certainly action-packed and the music does just play up to that. And I think to myself, well, is that really Doctor Who? You know, sometimes I think does Doctor Who just need to slow down a bit and, you know, and be a bit more classic at times. But then I immediately think, no, no, because that's not going to suit a modern-day audience. You know, it needs to be a bit like when RTD brought Who back in 2005. It kind mm. of needs to be fresh, doesn't it? And and, and yeah. moving with the times and new. So, uh as soon as I thought that, I immediately thought, no, 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 this, this is awesome. It, it looks really, really good. And uh, and there's loads of little details in this trailer, isn't there? There's lots of oh, little... You blink and you'll miss it. That's why probably yep. like you have watched it over and over again, because they're really quick, aren't they? Quick edits, yeah. Really quick. One thing that I wanted to, to pick up on to kick us off was Nardol holding what's clearly <laughs> the fourth Doctor's Sonic. Yeah. Now I didn't spot this first of all. Um, I must admit, I, I I didn't notice it until it was pointed out um, to me. Uh, and then it's it's really obvious once you notice, isn't it? Because there's two mm -hmm. shots of it. There's a shot of it flying through the air and him grabbing it. That's right. And then there's a shot of him like I don't know doing something with it. So yeah, it looks like the fourth Doctor Sonic, doesn't it? It does very well. It, it clearly is. Which I'm yeah. very intrigued about. Um, That's a real yeah. brain brain tickler. That one. It's like how. 
It's like, why would why would Nardole be? Because it's like whizzing through the air, isn't it? And then he catches yeah. it. So first of all, who's throwing that at him? You know, why well, why is he sort of gasping at it? Because when he catches it, he's like in awe of it almost. And he's mm. sort of, you know, wide-eyed. And, you know, so how does... It, oh, God, it's just those little things that just <laughs> kick your mind off. And you think, oh, I can't wait. It has. To, we have to see it now. So who is it? I know what you mean. I mean, I'm I'm really intrigued by that. And I know some people I spoke to aren't happy. They're like, oh, why are they giving Nardle the fourth Sonic? Um, it's quite funny because somebody I spoke to was saying the next thing you know, we'll be getting uh, the fourth Doctor Sonic toy reissued in Nardle packaging, <laughs> which I can absolutely see happening because a uh, character will use, you know, an excuse to reissue a toy uh, oh, with course. new packaging. Yeah. So look forward to that next year. Um, <laughs> but no, no, I'm well intrigued by that. Yeah, I can't, I can't think why. And I, I don't know if there'll even be a reason. Will it just be the moth throwing a bit of fan service? I don't know, but yeah, yeah, yeah. that's got me excited as well. I've got a feeling it'll be Missy. I don't know why. I've just got this vision of Missy giving it to him um, for some reason. But Let's talk about Missy because she is back. Yeah, she is back. Yeah, clearly looking hot, and yeah, she just <laughs> she looks really. She's got a different look in this. Looking sexy, yeah, as, the, as the moth would say. Because <laughs> yeah. um, in the in the uh, the last couple of years that we've seen Missy, she's always been, um, she's always had the purple coat and almost sort of Mary Poppinsy. Very Mary Poppinsy. Do you know yeah. what I mean? But in this yeah. one, in in this now, she's sort of changed the. She's obviously had a change of wardrobe. Her hair looks a bit different. She's looking really good. Uh, yeah, she is looking good. Have you seen that little? Um little video that the Doctor Who page put up um, the other day of her with a Cyberman head yeah, yeah. just watching the little... I actually thought that was really funny. I really It's just because she's like, yeah, oh, well, there's me. At least you know there's something good in it. And I, I, I do <laughs> like her at times. I'm, I I sort of chop and change with Missy. There are times when I really like her mm-hmm. um, and other times when I think she just goes a bit over the top. But I really liked that little clip. Um, it's basically just her watching the trailer again offset. I like these little things they're doing of her just as if she's just finished filming and she's got five minutes and they do a little, <laughs> little yeah. piece to camera, don't they? So yeah. I thought that was really fun. Really fun. No, it's good. And the, the, the first video they put out of her painting the, the TARDIS was funny. Yeah, as well. that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Almost like they've got her doing manual labor because <laughs> she's nothing else better to do. It's just that look she gives at the end there. Cause if you, you know, Missy is very comical most of the time, but then when she wants to be scary, she can do it with a look, which is what I do love about Missy. Like if you watch her at the end, I forget what she said. She's like time for heroes. eh? Mm, personally, <laughs> I'd like to see him crash and burn. And she just looks <laughs> up like that and you're like, Whoa. So she can be, she can be vicious. Missy just love the way she can change like in a heartbeat. Mm, she's deceiving. Heartbeats. Yeah. 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 Uh, we get to see very briefly um, David Suchet, or Suchet, depending yeah. on where you're from, um, playing the character the landlord, and he's got a really intense little scene, hasn't he? What because, does he say? Yeah, because he just turns, I'm assuming, rightly or wrongly, to the Doctor, and he just says, "It's time." Oh, yeah, it's time. Yeah, uh, but what time for what? Mm-hmm. And he's got a little tuning fork in his hand as well. Yeah. So that's all intriguing. And his character looks really good because he's a fantastic actor, isn't he, David Suchet? I was just going to say he's a very good actor, David Suchet, yeah. Bit of class, bring a bit of class to it. Uh, Yeah, some some classic acting chops. Um, Mm -hmm. And we also see a bunch of uh, familiar faces, by the way, of uh, um, Cybermen, both new and classic, Mondassian, that we have spoke about last week. Oh, yeah, Um, we get a great shot of them because 
we were worried. Well, I was. So I can't remember if you were. Well, I was worried about the fact they looked so overlit in that that promo picture. But the shot we get here is very dark, and they're in the shadows. And I just thought even that just one shot looked fantastic. Mm. You know, so if they like that for the episode, whoa, brilliant. Yeah, they look. Yeah, really, really good. Mm. Um, and then we also see uh, the ice person. He's not an ice warrior or she. Oh, it's. Yeah. A, I think it's a she, isn't it? It's a, a nice, a lady. Well, a female yes. ice warrior, I think. Um, and I, again, I think she looks great because they've kept the design pretty much mm. to the classic style, but they've altered it enough to make it modern. And yeah, again, it is like a split second scene. I had to, I had to pause it about twenty times to try and see that picture. Um, but I think she looks really good. She almost looks like she's got like long hair or something. I'm not sure, but. Yeah, or maybe it's the mask. I'm not sure, but she, you know, there's, there's a bit of, yeah, there's a bit of something going on with the headgear, but it looks good to me. Yeah, it almost looks like a cross between the Ice Lord from um, Peladon and an Ice mm. Warrior. Yeah, which is uh, more head scratching to be done mm-hmm. uh, beforehand, and uh, we we see um, as contractually obliged because <laughs> it's a new series of Who. We are mm-hmm. going to have some Daleks. Yeah, yeah. Looking standard as always, but we do have this other character, don't we? It's um it's it's like a young a young girl character. And uh she's just saying the words exterminate. Yeah, do what do you reckon's going on with that then? Mm, I'm not sure. It it's Yeah, it's cuz I'm not a fan of the Dal- you know when the Dalek eye stalks come out of people's heads. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm not a fan of that. Um I'll be honest with you, I've never liked it. Don't, just doesn't sit right with me um but i don't think it's that i think it's they're doing something different i think so because there's no mm. eye stalk is there no no um so yeah it's, it's weird because she's like being she's like drenched you know she's submerged in or she's just been submerged in water it looks like mm. and she so, almost looks possessed doesn't she it's like sort of yeah so yeah. that's really interesting to see what they're going to do with that because she's clearly it's clearly dalek related isn't it Mm. And that's yeah. and the clips of the Daleks are from that intro clip of Bill, aren't they? Yeah. Because um, yeah. it's the same set, which I'm a little bit surprised about. Um, because I assume that was just done as an intro clip. I didn't realise that that was going to be in the episode. Although I suppose it might be like a that actual scene might not be in the episode. Maybe they just filmed it at the same time or something. But it's the same sort of corridor set with the Dalek going down it and the fire in the background and oh, and yeah. all that. So yeah. yeah, so it's obviously the same. Same episode that's from. Um, yep. There is rumour that that's going to be the first episode. And I kind of hope it isn't because we had the Daleks story as the opener for Series 9. So I don't really want it a Dalek story as the <laughs> opener for Series 10. I don't know if that's true. I'm just hoping it's not. Um, but it's strongly rumoured that, that that might be the first episode. I would. Mm, well, it would. Actually not. Of, yeah, it would sort of get the Daleks out the way. True. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Um, so I, I don't know who knows, yeah, or maybe they're not in it much, you know, maybe it's just the intro with them, uh, a bit like, what was that story where again, cause they had to be contractually included. They had them just sort of in one bit at the start. Is it, what was a, no, is it, what was a Mars? They do appear as, I don't know. There's one story where they're in the beginning just to get them out of the way. Maybe it's like that. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Emoji robot. Well, this is this is the thing out of all the things I've heard on Twitter, because the the response to this trailer from what I've said has been overwhelmingly positive, which is great because there's been so much negativity towards the show 
um, recently, and some of it justified, to be fair. Um, but it was really great to see this getting such a positive reaction, this trailer. Mm. But one thing that people do seem to be less enthusiastic about is the emoji robot. Um, <laughs> me personally, I don't really have a problem with him because I love little robots. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm always a fan of a robot. Um, he doesn't, I mean, I don't know. He's a bit generic in his design. So I can see why people are thinking he looks a bit naff, but I'm not too bothered about him, but it just seems he's getting a bit of hate on the internet, this poor little guy. Um, <laughs> and I think what it is, is people might be worried because the, the episode he's in is written by Frank Cotra Boyce, I believe, um, who obviously wrote the atrocious in the forest of the night. So mm. I think people are just a bit worried about the concept of the emoji robot, but I don't know. What do you think, mate? I think he looks fun. I don't really have a problem with him. Um, I I think he looks quite good, actually. Yeah. Yep. I I think after seeing the tra- the whole trailer for series ten, I think I'm just not writing anything off on this one. Okay. You know, because there are times where you do see uh, a pre-production photo that they release, or you see a set pic, and you think, "Oh man, that looks awful." Mm. But mm. then you know when you get to the series, get to actually watch it. You're like, oh, it's pretty good, and vice versa as well. I mean, when we saw the a good example of that is when we saw the the, the huge robots for series nine. You know the episode where Maisie the Williams girl. was in it, yeah, yeah, the girl uh, who died, yeah, something like that. And we thought that those monsters looked really good, and mm. then when we came to the episode, they were just wasted and useless. Totally and, did nothing. Yeah, yeah. However, based on the 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 vibe on the trailer and all the cool stuff i think yeah it's hard not to sort of get swept away with it but i do think it looks quite good i mean it's i think a lot of people are a lot of people are writing it off like you say and throwing mm. some hate around but until you've seen it i don't know let, let's just I don't know. Let's let's just see what's going to be like. Just see, yeah. <laughs> and I like the fact Bill's like it speaks emoji. <laughs> you know, like I I just thought it was kind of cute. Yeah. Can yeah. I talk a little bit about Bill? Actually, I was going to say let's talk about uh, the Doctor and Bill and Nardole mm. a little bit. But yeah, and so Nardole. Yeah. So this is the most we've seen really of Bill in different scenes mm. and different stuff. You know, I know we had the little teaser just for her. Yeah. That was mainly sort of Dalek orientated. And uh, in the teaser, she was, you know, she was narrating over that. But this is the first time we've seen her in multiple locations with different costumes and, you know, properly running around with the Doctor. So what do you reckon to Bill? A lot, I've seen a lot of tweets saying, oh, she's, you know, she's basically, you know, annoying like Rose. And I've seen people saying, you know, she's essentially just the modern, modern day version of Ace. So what do you reckon? I'm coming round to liking Bill. Um I think, yeah, I said about the, you know, the trailer in the library, I said it's the first time I've actually like felt any empathy or warmth towards her because I really didn't like her intro clip. I, th- I thought she was written as being silly and annoying. I just thought, oh, what a shame. Uh, I did just her introduction clip that we got where she was like saying, is that Dalek? It's fat though, isn't it? And I was just like, oh, dear me. Oh, dearie, dearie me. Um, so what I've I've not been too excited about Bill up until now, um, unfortunately. But um, I did like the little voiceover bit she did with the teaser trailer in the library. And now we've finally got to see her 
in this trailer. Uh, so we got to see a bit more of her in action in the trailer. I'm definitely more on board with Bill. Let's put it that way. I've got, because I didn't have much hope for her after that, that intro clip. I, I really didn't see. I thought the acting was wooden and stagey and, and the dialogue was dreadful. And I just thought, oh no, this is not, you know, this is not going to work. But no, I think she, she seems pretty quirky from this trailer. And I really liked her in, in the clips that we've seen. I'll be honest with you. I really did. Um, I've, you know, even the silly lines like, calling the TARDIS a kitchen and the doctor's reaction to it. He's like, what? You know, I thought, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting on board with this character a little bit now. So I, I feel that again, hopefully when we get to see a full episode, I think I'm going to do another 380. Um, and I think I, I'm really hoping I'm going to like her now. Cause I do think she's good in this trailer. Um, and I think one of the things that I love about this trailer overall is that the fact that we've got this TARDIS team of three, because I know we've all got mixed feelings about Nardal. I know we're all a bit, worried about him being in the TARDIS but something about having a team you know the Doctor with these two guys I'm really liking yeah, from I this agree. trailer yeah. because it sort of reminds me of the classic era of the Doctor travelling with a couple of people so it, it, again it's because it's giving it a good dynamic it's not just the Doctor and a female companion you know there's none of that sort of stuff going on which we've had for so long so I'm, I'm just I get the feeling from the trailer that there's just a lot of fun between these three. So I'm not even worried about Nardle anymore. If anything, I'm quite excited to see these three guys together because they seem to be working as a team. And I, mm-hmm. I, you can tell there's going to be humor in there because there's a bit where Nardle says it's naughty. Um, <laughs> and I, again, uh, you know, I, I don't really have a problem with Nardle actually. The more I see him, the more uh, I'm, I'm sort of coming around to the, the three of them together. I, I think they're going to work quite well together. I certainly hope so. Yes. Yeah, no, it looks yeah. like it. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree, mate. And it's one of those things where if you go back to like the Davison era, especially like I mm. really like that TARDIS team once they got, um, once they got rid of, rid of Adric and it's just the three of them, <laughs> um, knocking about. And it's, it, I don't know, there's just something about having another companion. So you've got the doctor mm. and a couple of people. I know we've had it with Amy and Rory and, uh, and, um, Rosa Mickey at times or Martha and yeah. Mickey, whatever, but it's, uh, there's definitely something about it because when you have just the doctor and a companion, you're uh, you're not limiting yourself per se, but you're you, all you've got is the interaction between those two. And when we had like the doctor and Clara, for example, it, all, it almost got a little bit sort of monotonous after a while, and it got a little bit. Oh, it did. Know. So time. Yeah. you know, when you've got two people, you can throw some extra stuff in there, and it's good that they've got someone like Bill. And I personally, I do feel like she is a bit of an ace character. I hope so, because I love Ace. Yeah, because she does throw in like these little one-liners that you would expect Ace to say. So mm. you, when you hear things like "Get in," you know, "Get in," yeah. and you know that those little Aceisms and stuff like that. So I think she's, I think she's going to be okay. We'll, we'll have to to wait and see because her first episode that we see her in is called the pilot. Yeah, I'm not sure because it was the working title for this was something else, wasn't it? So about the star in her eye or something. It's been called for a long time, and then they've they've yeah. changed that to the pilot, um, which does have double meaning because you think a pilot is obviously you know like we've got a Doctor episode called the pilot, which is the very first one, yeah, <laughs> the, the pilot. Yeah. Um, but I'm guessing this is talking about pilot as in someone who flies something. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, but I also get the feeling the Moss put it in there's a double meaning of like, I'm starting afresh. This is the first, you know, I, I get the feeling the Moss sort of got a bit of a double meaning going on there. As if he's saying, this is a pilot. This is the first of a new show now. 
in yeah. in his yeah. eyes in terms of like he's started afresh i think yeah um but yeah the pilot i don't know so it's, it's an unusual episode uh, title i mean I'm not it sure hmm. um and the sonic shades are back no yeah so i know you're all thrilled i'm not a fan of the shades at but, all yeah. no yeah um and lastly um uh, nardo so i thought he mm. was actually okay in the return of dr mysterio yeah, thought, he was all right, yeah. yeah. I thought he was okay. So it it would be good to see because Matt Lucas is actually a very good actor. Mm. If you take it, I'm not talking about all the comedy stuff that he's done with Little Britain and all that stuff, but he's been in a number of West End shows. And uh he, he's actually his acting chops are really good. So it'll be interesting to see how, how he serves up a, a mixture of comedy and because there were moments in in the Christmas special where he was actually quite serious with the doctor. Yeah. There was none of that sort of very silly, uh, humor coming through. He was, there were a couple of conversations where he was, he actually looked like he was in control as well because he was fiddling with the TARDIS controls, wasn't he? And he was, you know, saying to the doctor about something about traveling alone and something like that. So yeah, I I think that the whole chemistry, the whole TARDIS team is going to be really a combination of fun and just really intriguing to watch in series mm. 10. Yeah, I think if they get the chemistry right, I think we're onto a winner here. I know I totally appreciate people's concerns because of you know of what we've had so far, but I do think judging by Australia, the three of them together, if they get that chemistry, it's, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a good ride, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so thank you very much uh Mr Mr Mothball uh for putting <laughs> out a, a, a cool trailer. It's definitely sort of change my attitude on it because i think we were all feeling a little bit you know trodden ground like oh no you know mm. not, you and i and a lot of people weren't so much as a you know down in the dumps about it but we were had these things like oh you know it's the moth's last series are we just going to have another you know more of the same that we've seen the last couple of years but this yeah. does look totally different to what the moth's done before it really does and actually i'm yeah. just going to say the course i don't know about you but once again the bbc did a great job of um <laughs> of stopping this being leaked didn't they because this got leaked yeah. last week was it yeah as it always. was everywhere yep. it was absolutely everywhere the bbc were going around like um a headless chicken trying to take it down from every social network site possible and and then of course i don't know if i don't know if it was supposed to come out this weekend or whether they brought it forward because of the leak um because where was it the, the the one that was online that was leaked online was it ABC was it Australia something like that yeah yeah because yeah. it came up at the end didn't it saying you know because um, everyone was saying oh it says uh, April the sixteenth oh maybe it's on the I was like yeah of course it does it's not a UK trailer that's why it's saying the sixteenth um, <laughs> and then of course we we got it officially um, in between the football. Uh, this weekend so yeah once again nothing is safe <laughs> you know because yeah, it's we always get these leaks don't we always all the time always always yeah. um but um just before we move on just quickly talk about that promo image that they've released at the same time which yes. uh i yeah. think is again i love it it's gorgeous I think it's, yeah it does remind me of the doctor holding amy out of the tardis a little bit um do you remember that from series five? I was do. It, that yep. But uh, yeah, it's a really, really nice bit of um, artwork that. So it's, it's basically the TARDIS in the sky. Nardle's kind of cowering behind the doctor and the doctor's <laughs> got hold of Bill, who's actually hanging outside the TARDIS in midair. Um, it's a, just a nice promo poster, yeah. I think. It looks awesome. It's like a burning cityscape in the, in the 
in the background as well. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, it looks really nice. It was done by uh, uh, a guy called uh, Stuart Crouch. Okay. Along with a guy called, I don't know his full name. I know his name's Gavin. His, his Twitter handle is The Mind Robber. Um, he provided oh. some assets for it. But uh, yeah. yeah, it's a great image. It's so good. It is. And the, yeah. the Radio Times have done a little breakdown, haven't they, of all the little things hidden in it. So you can see a red planet in the background and something else. There's, there's a few yeah. little hidden bits in it as well. Yeah. Well, there's Earth. It looks like Earth in the background and what's presumably Mars. And Yeah. Yeah. So Series 10, it's getting a lot of a lot of love at the minute. I've seen quite a few tweets and people saying how good it looks. And, mm. you know, you, there's also the... Um, there's also the the naysayers as well saying it looks awful and yeah, I've not that but, much negativity, which is good, but one or two. There's always one or two, but most of it seems to have been positive. Hmm. I've just got to ask you though, as someone who does <laughs> this sort of thing, you know this this picture of the Tardis. You know, look Nardal there, yeah, yeah, behind the Doctor. You know the Tardis backdrop behind them. Mm-hmm. That is as much as I love this promo picture. I just thought of you because you do this sort of thing. That is. Um, not right is it it's too big that the, the console behind him i mean am i right um, it should, it, the scale the thing is is out of proportion isn't it um it should be oh, one more th- i'm talking about the round things at the top of the tardis console they're yeah. like right behind nardo but to me they're um they're they're wrong <laughs> they should be much smaller um or, it yes. looks like he's right behind him and there's you know slightly yeah i mean yeah. there's more of a walkway more of a ramp before you get yeah. to to the the console itself, so I think it's I think that's by design though. I think that's on purpose just to. It does make it look nice. Yeah, yeah. it's just my eyes zoomed straight in at it and thought, oh, I wonder if Gary will think the same. Uh, <laughs> it's just a little. Yeah, it could have been tweaked, but yeah, it does. I mean, visually, it looks it looks fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it looks mm. amazing. And the TARDIS looks all beat up and how it should do, and you know, all the it blue does, paint yeah, is scuffed yeah. and yep. Yeah. yeah. So I I think it's safe to say that we're we're very much looking forward to series ten. And uh, we're recording this on the 15th of March. So we've got exactly one month to go. Yeah, exactly one month. Yeah. In the words of the doctor, bring it. Bring it. Yes. So that's going to do for news. We have got one piece of merch. So I'm just going to bring bring our old pal in so he can bring it in on the silver tray. (laughs) Merch corner. Merch corner. Merch corner. I don't know whether to be impressed or disgusted. It's a bit rubbish, but it's pretty. It's very pretty. So Robert Harrop, which we've spoken about lots over mm. the last couple of months, we've we uh, we revealed. I think it was a few weeks ago. All of the characters that they've got planned for yeah. this year, and one of them was Alpha Centauri from The Curse mm-hmm. and or Monster of Peladon. And uh, they've put a picture up on their Facebook page of the initial sculpt. So not in color, but just the um, like the brown beigey looking um, uh, sculpt for it. And as always, with most of the Robert Harrop stuff, it looks bang on. It does look good. Yeah, it? it does. I mean, it's um, although not one of my favorite stories, I do love the character <laughs> for a multitude of reasons. Um, and uh, yeah, I think he looks great. I love the fact they've set up this new Facebook page and they're posting these pictures, you know, so you can see them in development and and then, you know, up to their final stage. I think it's really great to to see how they start off on that. So, yeah, yes. he looks good. He's missing an arm, though, isn't he? Bless him. At the moment, yeah, he's... Um, yeah, he's yeah. in... Pre- 
they development. Put, yeah. yeah, they put another picture on as well of one Actually, of the... Actually, it's a um, her, isn't it? I keep saying him. Yeah, it's a her, yeah. No, it's uh, an it. One of the sculptors at Robert Harrop, his name's Mike Rogers, they put a, a photo of him with like a little tiny, tiny little little brush putting the details in uh, and so on. And he's got like reference photos uh, pinned up on the wall and stuff. So who knows what he's looking at? But uh, it just goes to show like the level of detail that goes into the Robert Harrop mm. figures is is actually quite astonishing because if you think to the TARDIS figure that you bought mm. a while back, it just it, it it's just fantastic. It's just so so good. It's one of my favourite things. I love it. Yeah. Uh, so when is actually there's no date on this, is there? This is just one of the sculpts that's going to be ready for, mm. for 2017. So we've already had the master. You know, the he crispy master from the Deadly mm. Assassin. Mm. Uh, he's up for uh, he's up for, for pre-order now. And I think, if memory serves, yeah, there's only 200 of him. Yeah, he's quite limited. Yeah. yeah. So price-wise, standard uh, £60 for the Robert Harrop figures, which is good. Not bad, yeah. Um, but there's no word yet on Alpha Centurion when she's going to be up for order. But it will be some point this year. Yeah. And uh, and the thing is, Harrop, is that don't, don't miss out because... Um, when they sell out, they sell for silly money on, on eBay. Mm. Um, I mean, I, I constantly check eBay to see if I can get the Malice or a Sea Devil for a, a reasonable price. And they're all on there for like 130 whatever. So if you like it, as I said, you might think, oh, 60 quid, just put a tenner aside a month and get it because they mm. are beautiful figures. And my TARDIS arrived super quick as well. Like I think I paid £5 postage and it was it's massive. <laughs> the box is huge. So... They're, yeah, just if you like these figures, you know, in, yeah, just don't miss out. They are brilliant. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to get Alpha Centauri. I, I was tempted with the Master, but I've, I've got to sort of limit myself to just a couple. <laughs> yeah. So I've sort of zoned it. But I think Alpha Centauri is definitely one I'm going to get. I'm so tempted with the Master, but um, I think I'm going to hold off and get him. And uh, who was the other ones coming out? Because there were some really good ones. Oh, um, crikey, that was a big list, wasn't there? I know K9 mm. was on there, wasn't he? Um yeah, there was a couple of good. The demon was on there from the demons. Um, yeah, there was some really. They have, they've got some really good ones coming out. But uh, yeah, you, I'm sure you're going to pick up an Alpha Centauri because you like you like it, don't you? I quite like the story. You going to get one? Yeah, um, I I think so. Come on, Gary. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I think so. Yeah, because it does look yeah. really. It does look you, just spot on. You, yeah, it does. Yeah, and uh, there was a big list that they put out of all the figures. I think there was about at least eight or nine uh, figures that they were planning to do for uh, for this year. And, uh, yeah, it's interesting that Alpha Centauri is the first, well, the second one after the Master yeah. um, to do because there wasn't quite popular ones on there. Well, tr- um, trust me, the Master looks great. It's, it's literally because they released that list, and I remember thinking, God, there's loads on there I really want to get, so I'm going to have to really choose selectively because I can't afford them all. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Oh, so I've got the list. Yeah, so... Uh, the Master's done Alpha Centauri. At the time when we reported it, it said nearing sculptural completion. So that's obviously mm-hmm. pretty much done. Uh, there was Pat Troughton. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah. The Hemophores, Tetraps, Draconians, Axons, the Demon, and Canine. Yes, that's it. Yes. Definitely getting me a Tetrap. Oh, ab- that's, uh, that's a must. Yeah. <laughs> that, that is an absolute must. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's Robert Harrop. So Alpha Centauri, it will be up for pre-order very soon, I would imagine, at Robert Harrop. And if you're a fan of the Master, or the Crispy Master, um, <laughs> that launch with only 200. So uh, 
So get on that. And that's going to do for news and merch. Yeah. Adam, what fantastic Gary. story are we going to review this week? Gary, <laughs> um, this week, mate, well, we are, of course, concluding our Ninth Doctor two-parter. So we did The Empty Child the other week, and this week we are following it up with The Doctor Dances. Mummy! Doctor! Secure those gates. Right. Just do it. All that weapons tech in the hands of an hysterical four-year-old looking for his mummy. And nothing in the world can stop it. You forgot to set your alarm clock. It's volcano day. Doctor! Come on! Go on, ask me anything. I'm on fire! You got the moves? Show me your moves. The world doesn't end because the doctor dances. Stay back! <laughs> okay, that door should hold me for a bit. The door? The wall didn't stop it. Coming to find you, Mummy! <laughs> Brilliant. The wall didn't stop it. No. So why would a door stop it? Come on, Doctor, use your noggin. <laughs> Christ. Right, the, Hello, do- <laughs> the Doctor Dances was with us in 2005. Gosh. At the end of May. Uh, mm. The second part, obviously, the conclusion to The Empty Child, and it was written by The Moth. Yeah. Uh, directed by James Hawes, or Howells, whichever you want to say it. And it was uh, overseen by RTD and Julie Gardner, etc. Mm. And yes, so this was um, picks up immediately where the empty child left off. So at the end of that one, if I remember correctly, uh, uh, the doctor rose and Jack was sort of cornered in the hospital. All of the patients in the gas masks were sort of advancing towards them. Mm. And uh, Nancy was trapped under the bed, I think. while the Under child, a table. Under a table, sorry, while the... The, the little child was was looking around. Mm. So in this, as we pick up, we advance through the story. So Nancy uh, has been um, a sort of uh, uh, captured in the home of the person that they were robbing the food from. Oh, yeah. um, uh, the doctor is trying to find out exactly what Captain Jack had brought down to Earth because he assumed it was an empty, just garbage pod sort of thing. But it turns out it was something very much, <laughs> very different to that. And uh, and we still have the various people turning into gas mask people. Um, yeah, so that's like where the story picks up. And then we travel through um, with the Doctor and Rose and Jack on the run from the gas mask people, from the child. Uh, we have um, Nancy who sort of meets up. She goes back to the bomb site because she wants to sort of because she, she sort of comes to the realisation that as long as she hangs around with all the homeless kids, the little child is constantly going to follow her and puts them all in danger. So she goes off to try and sort the situation out. She meets up with the doctor and they uh, and they, they fix it with a very nice, charming sort of emotional scene. And uh, yes, that's pretty much the plot for the second part. Yep. Uh, what are your feelings on 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 the doctor dances? absolutely brilliant brilliant absolutely brilliant yeah i held off watching this till till last night because um yeah, when too. we reviewed yeah. The, yeah when we reviewed the first part i was very tempted to go straight into it but i thought no i'll wait and watch it definitely worth the wait it's um it's such a great conclusion to that first episode uh, i mean the first episode's good but if anything this this one's even better which is unusual because 
normally in a two-parter sometimes it you know there's a bit of filler going on or whatever and and uh, this doesn't this doesn't let up at all um it's it, it's cracking right from the beginning right to the, even the very last shot it's it's <laughs> i can't help but say it fantastic i just i loved it absolutely loved it it's it's it never um it never fades, you know. It's, it's 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 as good as I remember when it went out. I mean, I thought it was incredible when it went out, um, and it hasn't diminished over time. It is still just such a brilliant watch. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I loved it. Yeah, yeah. Do you think it's a good conclusion? Yeah, I think it's a fantastic <laughs> conclusion. It's one of those episodes that is just amazing to watch from start to finish. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and it's got a couple of funny moments in it. It's got. Uh, some emotional moments in it. It's got action in it. And, Some proper uh, horror in it. That that bit where um, uh, Nancy's chained to the table with the, um, uh, you oh, know, the World War Two soldier. Yeah, the soldier. Yeah. Gosh, and he's and he's changing. like turning, yeah. and she's like, "Please let me go," and he's like coughing, and oh my word! And then. Yeah, there's some real horrific moments in this, which still look horrific, even though they're like 12 years old. You know, this episode is, yeah, it's 12 years old, isn't it? Um, it's it's still, yeah, still funny, still dark, still action-packed. It's, 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 it's oh, wow, I just can't, I can't speak praise it highly enough. It's just brilliant. It's amazing, yeah. And uh, we'll come on to uh, Mr. Eccleston in a moment, but wasn't oh, he yes. just on fire? He literally is. When he when he says that line, I was actually thinking in my head, "You really are. <laughs> You're absolutely on fire as the Doctor right now." Yeah. Um, it's yeah, it's one of those moments where you you're actually going like this along with the screen, saying, <laughs> "Yes, you are on fire. God, this is good." Yeah, it's great. So the first part of the episode is kind of split into two because we have mm-hmm. uh, the Doctor, Rose, and uh, and Jack. They're trying to escape essentially from the hospital because mm. the the child is there he's searching around because there's a great moment where the doctor says you know he's this all-powerful uh sort of thing and he sent it to its room mm. <laughs> and he's like this is its room so they're like right in the middle of the of the problem so they're trying to escape the hospital because all the gas mask people have come to life as well and they're trying to trying to get them and so on because it, it follows on from the first episode doesn't it where i think if if they touch you you get the scar on the yeah, hand that's right yeah if you yeah. see the scar on the hand you know you better keep away from it basically yeah yeah so it's a bit of a thriller that bit because they don't obviously want to go anywhere near them mm. and we have the funny scenes with captain jack's gun and the banana the, the banana and so on um, i've never picked up on that thing about the doctor because the doctor's realizes where the gun was made or something and he he references that oh yeah you kind of get the impression that he destroyed the yeah yeah the gun making plant and it's now a banana factory or something and i love that that's so that was really well written wasn't just it? thrown in there yeah i've never picked up on that before so oh, that's really because that's why because he then replaces jack's gun with a banana doesn't he which i thought was hilarious yeah because captain no, jack, lovely little scene yeah because yeah. he does say uh that the factory <laughs> was destroyed and he went did you say that you you visit there he went yeah only once and yeah, it was, that's it. Yeah, yeah. It was quite clear that yeah, he, he just destroyed the whole thing. Yeah, got rid of it. <laughs> yeah. So we have uh, those guys, sort of, so sort of the half first half of the story. I would say it's those guys doing their thing, and then the other half is Nancy. Mm. And there's some real uh, sort of 
Yeah, some real creepy scenes that we have in this one that the that we saw in the first one as well. So the first scene that really got me was when they they're in the the hospital and they're playing the tape back. Yeah. Of the child and then you can hear this like clicking sound and Rose is like what's that noise and he's like the tape's finished. Hmm. But you can still hear the the child talking. What and a great idea, yeah. isn't it? And he said the tape, it finished 30 seconds ago. And then that music, that horrible music kicks in mm. and they turn around and he's just there. Yeah, it's brilliant. By the tape player. Um, yeah. And that's really creepy because in the first story, there was that really creepy bit where the camera sort of rotates as it goes down the hallway and it just sees the silhouette in the, in mm. the door. Yes. And it's got that kind of thing where the camera sort of moves in and, and oh, it's really, it is really creepy. There, there's some lovely creepy moments in this yeah there's that and, and the bit as i said with the soldier um there's a bit later on as well where jack says ah oh, let me distract i'll distract this guy for you i'm more his type or something and then he turns uh, yeah. around and yeah. he's clearly got it because he's like coughing and spluttering and and there's a bit where he sort, he sort of falls to his knees and puts his head up and the mask and eyes come out and i thought my god that is horrific for you know. I'm so really surprised they went that far with it, but it's fantastically horrific, um, and the effects look bloody good considering yeah. this is you know um, as old as it is. Uh, yeah, it, it just yeah. So there's some really great horror moments like that. But what I love about it is there are all in contrast to those brilliant horror moments. There's also some lovely moments where we just take time to stop, like the actual bit where they're trapped in the room. And Jack buggers off, doesn't he? He's like, like turn around and he's escaped. And they're like, where's Jack? Yeah, you know, he's gone. And the doctor's like, see, told you he'd leave us, told you he'd, you know, wouldn't stick around. And then <laughs> so the, so you just get a really nice scene of the doctor and Rose trapped in that room where she actually says, come on then, dance with me. The world doesn't end because the doctor dances. What a lovely little scene. And it's just like, you know, nothing, you know, there's nothing amazing happening. It's just, a beautiful bit of dialogue between the doctor and Rose, mm-hmm. you know, and, and also a nice little bit of comedy where he's, you know, there's a bit of um, testosterone level <laughs> yeah. going on, isn't there between him and Jack. And, you know, she's saying, well, you know, if you're such a good dancer, then prove it sort of thing. And this you know, there's a bit of a sort of undertone of, of um, uh, what would you call it? Captain Envy, I think she calls it, doesn't Cap- she? But yeah. we all know what she's referring to. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But it's a lovely scene, isn't it? That and then a, and, and the fact that Jack transports them while they're slow dancing and they don't even notice and all that. It's it's you know it's great. So we get all the horror, we get the nice comedy, we get the very quiet moments between the Doctor and Rose, and of course we're still fairly early on in in their sort of true. Yep. Um, Run. Well, I was going to say relationship. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So. It's it all just flows unbelievably well. Um, I've got to tip my hat to the director actually, um, James Hawes, who's I think does an unbelievable job in this. I think it's it's incredibly well directed. Um, as was the first part. I think he did both, didn't he? I assume it's him. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He directed uh, the Empty Child as well. So, yeah, really, really nicely directed. A very well paced. You know, I never never once found myself getting bored or or looking at the clock or just quickly checking my phone not once i just yep. sat through the whole thing just totally immersed in it yeah and i was hoping you'd say that because we yeah. i think we said that about the first part as well where the pacing yep. was spot on and it the episode looked really nice and it was directed beautifully and it, this one uh, you know you can tell that it was all done together in the same block and it was all edited because 
it's just got the exact same visual style yeah. and pacing where it's got that sort of almost washed out. And the only times you don't have that feeling is when you're on in Captain Jack's ship because that's quite bright and colourful. It's got like red mm. and blue, purple lights everywhere and so on. But the rest of the time when you're sort of in and around London in that area, it's got this washed out, almost almost kind of sepia tone feel to it. Yeah. Uh, to give it a sort of... Uh, a classic uh, sort of retro-y kind of feel to it. It's, it's really cool. And uh, yeah, so it, it, exactly the same as you. I never once reached for my phone mm. to go and check Twitter or emails or anything like that. It was just, yeah, flew to it from start to finish. And I love all that stuff going on between Jack and, and the Doctor and Rose. Again, I think this comes back to what we were saying about the, the new TARDIS team as well. It's it's nice to have that new dynamic of the three of them. And uh, and clearly yeah. the Doctor feels a little bit um, uh, <laughs> jealous of Jack in a way, doesn't he? Because he's getting a bit of attention from Rose and he feels like he's been... He's been gazumped. Yeah, I think, didn't she say something like finally a professional or something in the first part? In the, first the doctor's, part. Yeah, yeah, the doctor's a little bit put out by this um, suave, you know, character that's drifted in and knocked Rose off her feet and all that. And I, there's some, yeah, some great comedy moments between the three of them early on. And it's in in between the action as well, which which works really well. Yeah. yeah. And I think, yeah, because in the first part, she was banging on about some proper Spock that's it, yeah. Uh, talk, wasn't she? And I'm, I'm yeah. pretty sure the moth was watching some Star Trek around his time, you know, because mm. we have that reference in the first part. And in this part, you know, the nanogenes. Oh, nanogenes, yeah. yeah. Apparently, they were originally going to be called nanites. Oh. And uh, one of the script editors said, it sounds way too much like uh, the next generation uh, nanotechnological devices. Apparently, that's very similar to a Star Trek thing okay i don't yeah. know exactly what thing but yeah so the moth was obviously watching his trek at this time probably stealing all their ideas stealing for series for series six yeah <laughs> well that's yeah. uh good sci-fi you know good sci-fi borrows these cool concepts and steals and and all that stuff it's just making sure that you do it in the in a good way yeah, what do they know. call it? An, an homage. An homage. homage, yes. I'm glad he did change it, though, because I really like the word nanogenes. I think he's got, I don't know what it is about that word, but it sounds great. And it totally suits what they are. Like when we finally get to see them on screen, yeah. and the doctor's like, oh, nanogenes. You're like, oh, they're cool. <laughs> and I really love the effect as well. So, you know, when we Simple first. Simple but beautiful, yeah. When we first see them, you know, we're on Jack's uh, ship, mm. and the doctor, they sort of hover around his hands, don't they? Um, and so on. Uh, what's interesting and a little point that I totally missed and I'm not sure if it's intentional or not and I didn't think about it until afterwards but when the nanogenes are like hovering around because they're like tiny little dots aren't they little mm. little spheres when they're hovering around somebody and they're healing them or whatever they give off this real uh, sort of identifiable orange glow yeah. and it's almost exactly the same colour as the regeneration energy that the doctors give off in the first few series. Oh, I never, th- it is actually, I never, never picked up on that. Yeah, I didn't until afterwards. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I thought, is that, in- I thought that must be intentional because in a way they are sort of regenerating sort of DNA and, and, and cells, yeah. aren't they to repair? So it's almost, the, I'm pretty sure it's the same sort of color orange glow. Mm. So when the doctor's regenerating, it's the same thing. So I thought that was a nice little, include there i'm not i'm not 100 percent sure if it's intentional but it's certainly a thing I, I hadn't picked up on that you're totally right yeah yeah i'll 
I'll never look at them the same way again because that's that's absolutely true. Uh, I I love the, that it turns out that they are the reason for it all as well. Yeah, so like, yeah. it's not one of those stories where it turns out to be a big invasion or there's a monster in it or anything like that. It's just um, that these things are trying to do something good by repairing a human body and mm-hmm. they've got the wrong <laughs> they've got the wrong template for it and they're trying to do you know trying to heal everybody but in actual fact they're turning them into monsters because they've mm. got the wrong template what 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 an amazing idea i don't know how where the moth got that from but it it's again it's just when when we get that revelation when the doctor realizes it's actually the nanogenes that jack accidentally brought back with him or accidentally had in that thing or that's right the, yeah you know it's it's all to you know it's actually them that's caused the whole thing mm-hmm. um it's just it's a brilliant revelation and such a nice simple idea um that again it just this is why i rate this episode so highly i was just like wow you know that's just so simple but so brilliant yeah you know? and it's also um it's almost it's almost classic who as well the, mm. the way that this all unravels because it's essentially just the doctor isn't it telling the story so if memory serves correctly i know i only watched it yesterday but when captain jack was sort of guiding this you know supposedly empty pod down yeah. to earth he supposedly scanned it and there was no life forms and all the rest of it uh, the nanogenes were just dormant inside so they didn't register on his scanners or anything and it That's wasn't it. until they crashed into earth um, this particular type of, I'm assuming there's different types of nanogenes out in the galaxy somewhere, but this particular type, they'd never seen humans before or anything. So when they sort of escape from the pod, um, they immediately, the first sort of human they encountered was the little boy. And because it was during the blitz, he had his gas mask on and he was obviously in a lot of pain and hurt. He was looking for his mum. In order mm. to sort of fix that, they thought that that's what all humans look like and that's what yeah. all humans should be like. So that's why, you know, they, he, all the other people turn into the gas mask people and so on. And it was down to, like, you know, his real mum, which turns out to be Nancy, um, sort of sort of him and, and, and his mum, Nancy, coming together at the end and the nanogenes figuring out and mm. sort of correcting themselves. And it's just wonderful how this is all going on and the doctor's sort of, narrating it as it's sort of happening yeah. and he's like really wishing them to figure it out he was like mm. he's really passionate isn't he that's chris mm. eccleston is brilliant in that i was bit. gonna i was just gonna say how good is he in that scene yeah. when he's like come on guys figure it out like you know you've got nancy and the kid hugging he's like come on work it out it's 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 higher you know it's a uh no not higher technology was he say it's um it's working out it's a, a superior yeah um yeah. you know being or whatever and it's and he's like come on just this once that's know, right yeah and he's give me this one or whatever yeah yeah and he's desperate and he's willing them on and he's mm-hmm. you know he's telling rose you know essentially and the other people that are in earshot but really he's sort of telling the viewer isn't he yeah he's, you know yeah. he's telling us what's going on and then when they do figure it out he's just elated and he's jumping around and he's so happy well it does lead to that brilliant bit where he throws it into the crowd of gas masks yeah, yeah adults and says just you know just this once everybody lives and oh, it's just, it's yeah, it, it is the most feel good i mean as if that isn't good enough we then get the scene at the end which i come on to later with uh, jack in the ship i mean mm-hmm. as if that wasn't feel good enough you then get that absolutely brilliant ending with um them turning up on jack's ship at the end it's, it's just it's just one amazing moment after the other but yeah that is brilliant that but it's, it's quite ironic though isn't it that in a stephen moffat script 
he says, just this once, everybody lives. <laughs> and I kept thinking, well, every other story he wrote after this, everybody does blimmin' live, even when they're killed. Even Clara. When... <laughs> <laughs> oh, Clara. <clears throat> you know, yeah. But just this once, <laughs> back then, yeah, it's just, everybody lived. And it's it is, brilliant, yeah. It's a great moment, yeah. So in terms of story... It's fantastic. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm going to use that word a lot. It, we can't, yeah, you can't <laughs> help it. <laughs> it is fantastic. It's because um, it's it, if you hadn't seen the episode before, like say if you put one of our listeners, I thought, you know, after this, I'm going to stick it on because I've not seen it before. Mm. You do, you do sort of go through it and think, well, how, you know, what's going on? How, because you, you almost think it's something to do with the child at first. You know, you think it has to be something to do with that, but it's not. It's just an outside force that sort of made the situation and then it undoes it mm. by itself. And, and like you say, it's really good. You, you can't help but have a really big smile on your face for the last 10 minutes of the story. Well, that, that, so that bit, I mean, we may as well say we're on, we're onto it. So I may as well say, but that bit when obviously he saved everybody and you're like, God, this is good. And then Jack's sat straddling the bomb <laughs> in that bit, which I mean, I, it does totally work. I mean, it's so unbelievably cheesy. I think, if, I don't know. I think if it was anyone other than Jack, it'd probably be, you'd, it'd be laughed off the screen. But because it's Jack, for some yeah. reason, it just totally works. It's so cheesy. And he's just like, bye. And you, and then Rose works out that actually he's, he's saying bye because he's going to blow up. And then we get a great scene, don't we? Where I mean, everything's wrapped up. And then you think, okay, that's it. And then you get that great scene of Jack ordering protocol whatever and it's a drink because he realizes oh, yeah. he hasn't got yeah. any he's got no escape he's got to yeah detonate the bomb but he can't do it any other way than to blow himself up and he says to the, he's having a little chat with the computer isn't he like uh you know what's the chances of my survival she's like a hundred percent captain jack will blow up he's like oh well yeah let's have a drink and yeah. before i blow up then my last two minutes of my life and then I mean, again, this is the, the the brilliance of the of the direction by James Hawes. Just when you think, you know, Jack, that's it. It's panning back. Jack's in his ship having his drink, about to blow to smithereens. The camera just keeps going back, and we're actually yeah. inside the TARDIS. And what an amazing shot! It's like what? Yeah, yeah. So the Doctor's there saving him, and it's again, it's just another moment where you're like, can this episode actually get any better? Yeah, and it does because then they start doing a bit of a dance around the TARDIS to to Glenn Miller, and you're like, this it, it's just one bam, bam, brilliant moment after another. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, just that ending, I was just like, I was almost in tears of joy. I was just like, this is just brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, you're spot on, mate. Because like the last yeah. 10 minutes, it's just ear to ear grinning. And you, you kind yeah. of catch yourself grinning like an idiot as well. You're like, yeah. But you just can't help it because it's so feel good. It's yeah. the music, isn't it? It's when the, 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 the camera's panning back into the TARDIS and it just slowly fades in. Du, 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 du. And you're thinking, yeah, yeah. what's happening? Yeah. Du, 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 du. It's because the Doctor's playing Glenn Miller. I mean, ah. Oh just amazing it's fantastic it is fantastic uh, so we sort of jumped ahead a little bit there but that's cool mm. so i mean in terms of overall story then mm. thumbs up big thumbs absolute thumb, yeah. big thumbs up yeah good, good stuff let's talk about some cast members mm. so uh i want to talk very quickly about the the, the guy that sort of traps nancy in the living room Cause yeah because that, that's an interesting scene so it's yeah. one of the things that that does pop up in conversation about this story is like the, the, the sexual nature <laughs> of the story. The moth just can't help himself. Can he? You can tell that he's had a few martinis with Russell C Davis <laughs> before writing his script, you know? And, uh, cause one of the things that 
Uh, and have anyone seen the when they did the really cool Doctor Who Confidential uh, oh, stuff around here? It's a great show. Yeah. yeah, they do say on there that the majority of the episode is is a metaphor for sex. So the Doctor dances. It is basically a, a metaphor about you know making love, <laughs> essentially. And we also have this this sort of opposite uh, sort of thoughts around it so when nancy's trapped in the in the living room so we've got the owner of the house you know you know the big grumpy guy yeah and yeah he's going like, on about like reporting her and stuff isn't he that's right he said the police are on their way and all that and then he starts you know coming across holier than now he's like you know i work i work hard to put the food on the table this is like the sweat on my brow you know is what puts <laughs> yeah. this food and then nancy just she's so cool She's so good in this. She's yeah. great, isn't she? She's basically like, mm, I'm not so sure it's the sweat on your brow, you know, because, uh, and then she's like, uh, she says some, he says something about the butchers. Oh, she says, everybody thinks your wife's mucking about the butchers, yes. which is why you get lots of extra food. But uh, we all know that isn't true. He goes, because it's you that's messing about with the butcher. And he's like, oh my God, what? And she's like, oh, there's the sweat on your brow. That's it's yeah, brilliant. She's so yeah. like strong yeah. in that, that scene. Yeah. She's yeah. great. Yeah. Totally turns the tables on him. Yeah. Because he's, yeah, he's asking for it though, isn't he? Oh, absolutely. He is yeah. asking for it. Yeah. So he, and, and that's really good when she's like, I want some wire cutters. I'll have yeah. a look around your cupboards. And all that. So she's really cool in that <laughs> bit. But that yeah. scene is almost like it's the only bit in the episode which is sort of slaps you in the face mm. about sexuality and stuff. You know, it really like, because the, the look on the guy's face that he's been found out is yeah. just amazing. And, you know, the way that she just like, you know, you haven't got anything on me, mate, because, you know, I'll, I'll happily tell the world about your sort of. Uh, shenanigans shenanigans yeah yeah, yeah spot on um i was uh, i was surprised by it back in the day back when this went out um, well a lot of people were yeah yeah i do remember sort of thinking oh that's a bit uh in you know in your face for doctor who i probably wouldn't think so much of it now because television's just well it seems like anything goes on tv nowadays but back then i was a little bit like oh that's a bit shocking for doctor who yeah yeah and it's uh so that's like it a, comes out the blue doesn't it it does it's yeah. like yeah it's not obvious and it's very you just you would never expect that would be the mm. conclusion to that scene. So it's very no. much, and I'm sure that's what RTD. I'm hundred percent sure of it. Okay. Yeah, um, and then yeah. So like so the the actual theory and the way that they use, you know, they word things is very much metaphorical. So the Doctor takes great offence, doesn't he? That Rose is like she assumes that the Doctor doesn't quote unquote dance. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You know, so, um, whereas the Jack clearly does with anyone. Jack dances <laughs> with everything, quote like, unquote. Yeah. yeah, with anyone. Yeah. And uh, and we also have um, so the moth also kind of references this in the girl in the fireplace. Yeah, which I hadn't realised actually. Yeah, and I yeah. only realised when I looked on on Wiki last night where the line is: uh, "Here comes uh, a time, time lord." Uh, when every lonely little boy must learn how to dance, mm. which is also a very metaphorical kind of thing. So the moth's clearly going somewhere. Yeah, he's got it all this. going on in his head, isn't he? Yeah, he's yeah. got it. Going. So um, I'll be completely honest with you. I did not pick up on any of this the first time I watched it. 
No, nor did I. I was completely um, oblivious to the whole, the the huge metaphor that's hanging over the entire episode. I was completely, I was just like, um, one one of the, the funny things that my wife always jokes about is whenever we go out anywhere or anything, and I happen to be talking to a lady um, or a guy, and uh, she's like, they were so flirting with you. And I cannot see it. Um, I just cannot see it at all. I'm just completely oblivious to all of it. I had that exact same thing going on when I first watched it. And yeah. it wasn't until I was, was well, I think after the third time I watched it and I stuck on the special features and I was watching Confidential and they mentioned it and I was like, oh, I was just like a little kid. I was like, oh, I didn't even know. I didn't realize. Yeah. Um, that was the same. Totally innocent. Totally went over my head. Yeah. And I do love the bit where the doctor's like, she's trying to, <laughs> she's trying to get into dance. And he says, Rose, what's he saying? I'm trying to melt concrete here or something. And it's just it's such a blokey thing. Not, not now, love. I'm doing the, you know, oh, yeah. I'm, doing, yeah. I'm doing the gardening. I was like, you know, it's a, just love the fact he's like, you know, trying to put it off. He's like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm busy, darling. Yeah. Can't do it. <laughs> and uh, it's kind of, it's kind of cool at the end where the doctor does actually unmetaphorically start dancing. Yeah, you know, yeah. He, he, you know, he's he's happy. Everyone's saved. He's got his mojo and he's dancing away. It's very cool. He does. He comes out with a good line as well. He's like, he says something about Jack, doesn't he? He's like, um, but would Jack rather dance with me or something? I can't remember what the line is, but it's a really good bit where Rose is like, uh, um, I think he wants to cut in, and the doctor's like, yeah, but does he want to cut in with with me or you? That's in it. other words, who does Jack want to dance with? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that sort of kicks off the the sexuality side of things for Captain Jack, doesn't it? Because yeah. he's clearly not fussed at this point. No. <laughs> you know, he's, um, he, he's happy to dance yeah. with, with anyone. So, uh, anyone and everything and everything. Yeah. yeah. Um, did you spot the bad wolf, uh, reference? No, I didn't, but I, I read it this morning because like, yeah, I always get wiki up just to see if there's anything I've missed. Um, and, uh, no, I didn't. It was on the bomb, wasn't it? Yeah. On the, explain uh, no on the bomb that jack's brought down to earth or whatever yeah no yeah. i didn't see it so what is it written in german or something german yeah the the bomb that jack is straddling quite proudly <laughs> yeah um, yeah it's called schlechter wolf that's ah. what's sort of uh, spray painted on the side no i didn't spot that i'll have to have a look next time i watch it yeah which translates to uh literally into bad wolf mm. and uh something else i didn't realize i didn't notice this at all um uh, but on Mickey, you know, Mickey's got a website. Yeah. Who is Doctor Who? And on the unit website, they also carry, um, there's, there's reports on their website about unexploded bombs from World War Two, And uh, the bombs are called Schlechter Wolf. Okay. No, I've never noticed that. Yeah. So that links in nicely as well. Yeah, right. No, I did. I didn't see it written on the side of the bomb. I to, but I, I love the fact they did that. Yeah. Because um, yeah, it's again, it's so subtle that I think, well, as I did, blinking, you'd miss it. So, but I love the fact they've done that. Yeah, I reckon that was also an RTDism as well. Oh, I expect so. Yeah. Because yeah, I think the moth would be like, we need to put a massive sign with a neon <laughs> arrow pointing to the fact that this is a big story arc, and RTD's yeah. like, no, no, not not on my watch, sunshine. Get out of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah i think overall story-wise uh all of these things just all jump in you know into the pool together and it's just it's awesome it is yeah it's great to see um um 
oh, what's his name, Richard Wilson, coming back at it. Because I thought we'd seen the last of him. I forgot that we get. Uh, he does sort of pop up for a couple of lines at the end. Yeah, because uh, yeah. he's such a good actor. I love Richard Wilson, but he's like, obviously, he gets healed and he's just doesn't know what's going on does he and that woman comes up to him and says my leg's grown back and he's like are you sure (laughs) that's a great again a great little bit of humor in the middle of of all this stuff going on it's it's good i was expecting the line though were you expecting it yeah my leg's grown back i I don't don't believe it (laughs) he was great yeah yeah Yeah. he was good Uh, (laughs) let's talk about nancy i only laugh so much because i know he he probably if he's listening to anything like he'd probably hate it oh stop I've done other work. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Nancy. Nancy. Yeah. Uh, Brilliant. I, I think she, she goes from strength to strength as a, in terms oh. of her performances from uh, The Empty Child because she was brilliant in that. But in this one, she's uh, she, she stepped it up another another gear almost for me. She's very, very uh, – and it sort of all culminates with that bit at the end where she's hugging her, you know, her now uh, son. We realise it's her son – and uh yeah like the scenes with the the guy in the house she's just brilliant um yeah the, the scenes where she's with the little group of kids out in the street the really creepy bit where the typewriter carries on oh that's a great i forgot about that yeah. that's a great scene after yeah. the kid stops typing it carries on and she's mm. basically severing ties and saying you know i can't be with you guys anymore because it, you know it's putting you in danger so i'm off to the bomb site and they don't know if she's going to come back is she going to her death is she, you know what's going on and she mm. plays that really well. And then towards the end where the doctor's saying to her, you know, you you were pregnant, you know, and he sort of figures out, doesn't he? The doctor realises that, it, you know, she's the mum and uh, she breaks down. It's quite emotional. And then when she sort of embraces the boy, you know, it's all uh, it's all good stuff. But her performance throughout was just brilliant. I, I, she's, I loved she's it. She's cracking in it. Yeah, she's great, great in this. Um, I was going to say, I didn't, I can't remember if I saw, I don't think I saw that twist coming. Um, it's, it's difficult to say now because I have watched this quite a few times over the years. But mm-hmm. when I first watched it, I don't think I saw that coming because all the way through, she's referring to him as her brother, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then obviously it's revealed that actually she's older than she looks and it's actually her son. Um, but I don't know, did you, can you remember the first time, did you see that coming? I don't think I did. I'm pretty sure I didn't. I totally didn't, mate. I just no. assumed that the... the the kid was attracted to her because they were brother and sister. Yeah. Which is yeah. obviously intentional. You were meant to not, you know, think that, mm. you know, that it was written that way, but I totally didn't see that. So it's a good coming. twist that, isn't it? It's great. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. she plays it so well, really well. Yeah. Uh, What's name? Florence Hoth. Yeah. Yes. Really good. Um, let's talk about the two army chaps that unfortunately for a short time get turned into the Gatsby. So we've got the guy who's, you know, physically ill on the table and the other the 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 colonel or the general whatever he doesn't give a crap does he so when nancy gets handcuffed to the table because she's broken into the bomb site and she's got she's been captured so she's handcuffed to the table and there's a soldier literally dying of some kind of illness in front of him and he's just like you know the other the the army general he's a general or something yeah he just sort of wanders off yeah, he's, yeah, well, he's got. Yeah, he's like, oh, I've got more important things to do, isn't he? He just leaves it, get on with it, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, he just, yeah, he just wanders off, leaves Nancy uh, handcuffed, and she's bricking it, terrified. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that guy was good. I mean, he played, he played that, uh, you know, the transformation from 
you know, because he's really struggling. You know, she's saying to him, you know, I can't be around, I can't be around you, you know, yeah. while, while he's changing and so on. And then you have the inevitable bit where he's like, mommy, and he starts to change. And it's, yeah, I thought he played that, that uh, quite well. I don't know where they found him, but he was really good for mm. that short scene because he, well, A, he he looks sort of ill because he's all sweaty and he's, like you said, doing the mummy. But he, he acts it really well, doesn't he? As I said, he's mm. only in that tiny bit. Um, but I, I don't mean it's in a nasty way, but he's got very prominent features. So he's quite an odd looking guy to begin with. Right, um, right. Which I think really adds to the horror when he sort of opens his mouth because he just looks scary anyway doesn't mm -hmm. he and going into the transformation obviously we all know what's coming um i always <laughs> thought we saw i always thought we saw the gas mask coming out but we don't quite i don't think do we not from him we see no, it from I think the always, other guy the other guy i think yeah. i always get those two scenes mixed up because we with the other guy we see the the full transformation and the bit with the eyes and stuff looks brilliant doesn't it it's horrific yeah. when the other guy yeah. Um, transforms into the gas mask but but with the other guy yeah he does it all through it sounds silly but he does it all through acting i don't think we actually think we don't see the transformation but we think we do because he he's sort of so yeah. it's so cut to the point when he's about to that's that you, right yeah sort of in your head you think you see it so yeah he was really well cast i, I don't know where yeah i don't know who that guy was but he was really good in that scene he was very good and uh the other the other guy was a lot more sudden. So the guy who was at the table with with Nancy, that sort of happens over a couple of minutes and you can see him sort of physically struggling to hold it all in and then it just sort of gets yeah, the better of him. But yeah. the other guy, a few minutes later, who transforms, that's really sudden with him because sort of Jack approaches him mm. and he's really confused. He's like, uh, are you my mummy? And then yeah. literally within like 20 seconds, he's changed into the into a gas mask person, a zombie, the gas mask zombie, as they call him. Mm. Uh, but the transformation, the visual effect was really good, where his eyes sort of morphed into that the gas mask and the thing comes out of his mouth again, like we saw with the Doctor in the previous part. Yeah, uh, yeah it's great stuff. It, and they played it. I think they, those two actors, and I, I, annoys me that I can't find their names because it's listed um, – on, on the DVD, but they're not listed as like army people. It's just their name. No, so I can't no. pinpoint who they were, but yeah, fantastic stuff. Yeah. I didn't expect it as well. I mean, as I said, when he, when Jack first goes up to him, you think he's going to sort of have a go at Jack, what are you doing here? Or something like that. So when he does turn around and he's almost in this sort of hazed state going, are you my mummy? Yeah. It's like, uh Oh, back off Jack, back off. You know, <laughs> it's, it's a really good, yeah. Again, it just brings another edge of excitement to the story. Yeah. yeah. Which, yeah, it's great. Let's talk about our our TARDIS team plus one. Yeah. So Captain Jack. Uh <laughs> I think that he couldn't have played his sort of opening story any better than this. No. Uh, John Barrowman just nails it. And you can see why a lot of people took to the character and why it went on to be quite popular and with, with Torchwood and so on, because he's yeah. he's just got this knack of playing a bit like the Doctor has really. He's got this knack of sort of flitting between very serious and very funny. Um, but I found that Captain Jack's humour was a bit more sarcastic than the Doctor's. Mm, yeah. Uh, so there's a bit, you know, in the clip that we played where, you know, he's like, you know, a wall didn't stop it, you know. You know, why would a door? And there's a bit quite funny when they're trapped in the room and he just sits down on the chair, you know, before he teleports off to his ship. Yeah. He just sort of sits down and he's sort of in a laugh and a crack and it's like imminent danger, but he's having a laugh really. Um, and then we have like the 
so we have those sort of funny sarcastic moments and a bit at the end as well that we mentioned where he's in the TARDIS he's been saved and I love that bit he's got a nice grin on his face and everything's happy then we have that quite emotional scene really where you think he's going to die because he's got the bomb on his ship and he's you know he's trying to go through the motions and the options is there a way to save himself like yeah you know he's put it in an escape pod and it's like there is no there escape isn't pod one. and he's like well he's I'll get like, in it for me yeah for me he's like well there isn't one and you know orders a drink and stuff and you think oh no he's a really cool character but they're going to kill him off straight away mm. uh, so that's another cool twist as well it but, is good and I, I don't feel yeah he's so he's sort of slipped into the part straight away and he doesn't yes. feel like he you know you don't look at it and think oh you can tell it's his first story he's not quite got the character right yet or whatever or he changes later on and he just is straight away he is captain jack and it's as if he's yeah. sort of read the script thought right i know exactly how i'm going to play this guy yeah and he's yeah. and he's gone for it yeah and he hasn't changed it really the whole time he's played him even in, even on big finish he's still really mm. consistent yeah so i really like barrowman and it's really good yeah, it's a good first story for him, I think. Yeah, yeah. and a great character as well. Mm. A really good character. And you can see why he's campaigning heavily to try and bring Torchwood back. And I think there was a something in the news yesterday or the day before. Somebody interviewed him very recently and said, what would you feel about Series 10 and so on? And he was like, I really want Captain Jack uh, to come back into Who. You know, and uh, so you he's can... He's desperate s- to come back. He is. He yeah. really wants the character back why doesn't the moth want him back? Or why hasn't he brought him back, do you think? Because he is desperate to come back, isn't he? I mean, he's made no secret of it. <laughs> he's practically said, you know, I was told, you know, um, what was it? They had him and the moth had a bit of a yeah, that was smiled a- fallout not that long ago, didn't they? Because Barrowman said on stage something about, well, I've been told now that. I can't remember what it was. That's Basically, right, yeah. the moth said, I don't, you know, don't want you back or something. I can't remember the ins and outs, but yeah. so Barrowman Bar- was a bit yeah, peed yeah. off. Yeah, so Barrowman went for a couple of meetings at the Beeb mm. and said, we cannot let the character just die, you know, just the last time Tortured was on. That cannot, tortured, yeah. Yeah, that cannot be the last time that we see Captain Jack on TV. It cannot be. Mm. And I think they went through it. And yeah, it turns out that the moth was basically... Well, he's well. John Barrowman said the moth was like the hurdle that we couldn't get over. That's right. But yeah. then the moth put a statement out saying, "Well, it's got nothing to do with me, didn't he?" Yeah. Like literally it all the got next a bit day. Awkward, didn't yeah. it? Yeah. So it's in is interesting, but I I'm not surprised though because with the exception of the fiftieth day of the Doctor, the moth never mentions anything really in the RTD era. No, no, he doesn't actually, does he? Really? He hardly references any companions from then. It's only like the day of the Doctor where everything mm. sort of gets thrown in and he's happy to go with it. But other than that, you never hear of Martha, Mickey, Jackie. Um, no. Well, sort of, well, nobody really. No, that's true. No, yeah. he doesn't. No, he keeps, he's just created his own little universe. He's yeah. pretty much stuck to it, isn't he? Yeah. Keeps it separate. Uh, but yes, uh, Barrowman, I, I really hope he does come back at some point. Maybe oh, Chibbers will. Uh, he will. I'm sure he will. Bring him back. Yeah. Sure of it. Uh, yeah. Rose. Rose. Ms. She's, Piper. She's all right in this, I think, because I think in the first part we felt she didn't really get a lot to do apart from <laughs> a bit of dancing in front of Big Ben. But, um, yeah, she's got a bit more 
because there's a bit where she she saves them at the start, isn't she? she and they don't really say thanks. And she's like, "Well, you know, thanks wouldn't go amiss. Like, oh, yeah. I don't have to do yeah. do I have to do everything around here?" And so, and that lovely scene between her and the doctor when they they do the dancing and um, when they're trapped in the room, and she gets a bit more to do in this rose, and she's not irritating. Mm-hmm. Um, she's just involved in the action. Nice scene between her and Nancy as well when they're mending the barbed wire fence and oh, Rose sonic, saying to yeah. her, look, stop yeah. worrying. I shouldn't be telling you this, but you're going to win, okay? So stop, mm-hmm. you know, because Nancy's a bit like, oh, well, what's the point anyway, isn't she? Like looking up at the sky and all the Zeppelins burning and blowing up. That's and she's right. so what's yeah. the point of anything anyway? We're going to, you know, we're going to be speaking German this time next week and Rose, you know, comforts her and tells her when she shouldn't really that actually they spoiler. do. Spoiler. Yeah, yeah, a little spoiler alert. But again, it's a lovely scene between uh, Rose and uh, Nancy, and I think Piper's really good at good at those scenes. So I, I liked her a lot in this. Um, thought she was really good. I agree. Yeah, yeah. I think she's a bit. Um, she's a bit flirty still with both yeah. the Doctor and Jack. A little bit. She's a uh, a little bit flirty. She's a bit sassy. You know, mm. she's very up for a bit of dancing. Uh, not quote unquote. She literally is up for some for some dancing, especially at the end. She's yeah. happy to throw some shapes around with the doctor, which is good. But yeah, now, I thought she was all right in this. Yeah. Now who knows what went on after the camera stopped? You know, <laughs> who knows what went on between the doctor, Jack and Rose after all that dancing? We'll never know. Um, but yeah, she, she's good in it. She's a bit flirty, but it's, it's, it's a nice performance from her. I mean, I love the bit where she says the world doesn't end because the doctor dances. So it's just, yeah, it's a nice line. Yeah, mm. Indeed. Um, and then we have let's talk about Chris Eccleston and let's finish up with him so yeah one of his best performances I would say absolutely one of his best yeah he's he's bang on it he's 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 serious when he needs to be serious and when he's he almost seems full of joy when he's like you know I'm on fire and he's he really is I was thinking god Chris you are on fire you're absolutely nailing it at the minute um I think it's one of his best performances in the series um without a doubt I think he's, he's he's superb in it yeah it's one of those i mean i think we've mentioned it already but it is literally one of those times where you're just fixated on him and his Mm. performance especially in the last 10 minutes or 15 minutes i mean he's like it anyway but that that last 10 minutes it's just mind-blowing you know Mm -hmm. how he's just you know he's sad and he's unhappy but then he's really really elated and jumping around and he's funny and uh, it, it's just a joy to watch. And it's those moments there where you just think, you know, I know we went on to David Tennant and that was all good, but it's just those moments where you think, oh, it would have been so good to have a second series out of Eccleston. Yeah. Just for those moments like that alone. Absolutely agree with you. I mean, there's, yeah, I mean, just like there's moments towards the end where he's trying to work it all out and there's a beautiful shot of him just turning to camera and he doesn't say anything, but he gives one of the, brilliant Eccleston steel looks of seriousness. You know what I mean? He just looks to camera as if he's thinking, right, you know, it looks really serious and dark. And he, he, he I mean, he's a great actor, Chris, um, anyway, but, but I think at this point he's just, he's really rocking and rolling as the doctor. Um, it is such a shame. He felt that he didn't want to continue because episodes like this just showcase how, how brilliant he is. And he seems to be really into the story as well. And I'm trying to think what, cause I find, Chris, uh, good. I can't think of a story where he's not particularly good. 
I always think he's very strong as the Doctor, but there was one we reviewed recently where we felt like maybe he wasn't into the script 100%, and I'm trying uh, to think which one it was. Do you remember? It was it was Chris, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. I seem to remember we were um, saying we felt he, because he's always good, but we felt he perhaps wasn't giving his all in it, and I can't think which story it was now. Um, you know, I seem to remember we said he's still good, but, but you know, but, the, but not 100%, whereas in this, he seems to be fully invested into the story and, and just, Given everything, yes. What was that? What's yeah? I I I remember us actually the long game. Maybe could be the long game. Possibly. Possibly. Mm. Anyway, yeah. There are the odd story where he's you do, and maybe that's the conflict that he had with the producers and the makers because he has gone on record to say, hasn't he, a few times Mm. that the reason why he left was because the production he just didn't agree with certain things, and it was a bit of a, you know, a bit it was chaos you know during a lot of the filming and he just That's didn't right. click with them but so maybe those episodes are the ones where he really didn't agree and just couldn't get on board with um with what was going on but um yeah this there's one, a director the he particularly yeah. likes isn't it i can't remember who's that director he always bangs on about he, he said if they come back to direct the 50th that he would you know consider it strongly and i can't think who the director is but there was somebody he particularly thought was good and i think he Without naming names, he basically said some of them weren't as good. Um, he, I can't remember it was, but yeah, I think he got on better with some directors than others. But um, as I said earlier, James Hall's direction, this is is amazing. Um, so I assume Chris got on well with him, but he certainly gives a very good performance anyway. Yes, absolutely. Mm. I agree. Mm. Just great stuff to watch. Yeah, yeah. He's good with the comedy bits as well, isn't he? Like I said, that end scene in the TARDIS is is lovely when mm. that, when he's dancing around the console and he looks um because <laughs> that often gets turned into a gif, doesn't it? Like him doing that, oh yeah, sort of uh, yeah. dad dad <laughs> dancing, I suppose you'd call it. And um, but yeah. yeah, even in those scenes, he you know he's, that's the good thing about Chris is he's he's great when he needs to be serious, but he's he's not always brilliant with the comedy. Some of the sometimes he sort of pulls a silly face in some stories where you think he's not always great as great with the comedy, but um but in this one he just he nails both. He's just, he's just the way he flicks from one to the other is 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 excellent. Yeah. Absolutely mate. Yeah. yeah. Anything else you want to mention before we get on to our scores? No, not really. I mean I just it's just it's very rare that I get an episode um that I just can can gush over and over. I mean I just, I just can't say enough positive things about it really. Um so no, I, I haven't really got anything else to say. It's just a great conclusion. Um I really enjoyed part one, but I think this is a an even stronger part two, if you like. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Uh let's get on to our scores, shall we? Okay. <laughs> Who's going to go first? I think it's me. <laughs> yeah, sorry. It's very dramatic. Yeah, go on. <laughs> it was, wasn't it? It was like something's yeah, going to happen. Yeah, very dramatic. Oh, it's only the scores. Um, I'm going to give this a 9.5. Right. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I wrote 9.5, but I can't think of why I'm taking 5 off, so I'm going to give it a 10 out of 10. Because I, I struggled because I wrote 9.5, but then I'm thinking, but what? why am I knocking off half a point? There is nothing I don't like about this episode, so I've got to give it a 10. Okay. It's, it's yeah. just, I just can't think of any reason to knock off a half a point. I mean, I did, as I said, I struggled last night because I was thinking, why, have I, why, have I, why is it not a 10? I can't think of anything bad 
to say about this episode, which is very unusual. So I'm actually going to give it a 10. All right. Do you know what? I'm thinking the same thing. Why did I put... Actually, yeah, no. but I did the same. I wrote 9.5. It's it's just literally because this morning, and I was, I was sort of thinking about it again, I was just thinking, but is it a 9.5 or is it a 10? I don't know. Well, I'm thinking I can't think now, of anything bad. I'm not going to change it because I, I, I wrote that down initially. Yeah. Maybe it's maybe in my head I'm thinking, is there a perfect episode anywhere? Well, that's it. That's the thing I was thinking. But yeah, because I was thinking 10 is, you know, 10 is saying it's perfect. And is it perfect? But I can't think of anything bad about it. So I, I am going to give it a 10. But I did write 9.5 last night. I just changed it before we recorded this morning. I thought, no, I'm going to give it a 10. Yeah, fair dues, mate. Um, and I think The Empty Child, we, we, gave, we both gave that a 9. A nine, yeah. So a ten from you this week, a nine point five. I would say the average for for this as a two parter as a whole would be nine point five. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Good stuff. Right, what did our beautiful listeners think? Uh, let's kick off with an audio review. Uh, this is from Alex Kingdom. Hello, Garan from the Big Blue Box Podcast. How you guys doing? Welcome to uh, my review of this episode uh, uh, again. I returned very much so on the uh, first part of this, uh, episode two. Um, is really good because I love the way it starts out in the hospital. I feel like that is one of the best Doctor Who scenes because you just see all the um the gas man zombies or the nanogene affected um emptiness of the people. Um as well you see uh, the potassium joke. Always eat bananas kids, they are really good for you. Good source of potassium. Also you see um like a gunfight, I think. Uh not like an actual like PPU gunfight, but I think the Doctor and Jack have a little dispute over the sonic gun and the sonic screwdriver. Um, as well as we see the conclusion towards uh, Jamie and we find out that Nancy is actually the mother, which is a great reveal. I feel like all the characters are great here. And just for this once, everybody lives! And I mean, that, that line is incredible. One of who's best. And again, this episode kind of rounds it up. Uh, one of who's best. I have probably for this episode a 9 out of 10, giving overall two-parter at 8.5. But, um, yeah, we, um, of course, Richard uh, Wilson wasn't actually in the second part, uh, which is unfortunate, because we didn't get to see it. I don't believe it! Um, which is one of the, um, greatest <laughs> lines, um, ever, I would say. Good old, um, Victor Meldrew. Um, but yeah, apart from that, guys, um, I will see you guys all soon. Sorry, this one is a bit rushed, it's really late at night. Um, but yeah, uh, I'll see you guys all very soon. Have a nice week, and I'm loving the Hawaii weather. Thank you, Adam. <laughs> nice one. Cheers, Adam. Cheers, Alex. Alex, Alex sorry. go to your room. Go to your room, yeah. Uh, over on Twitter, um, uh, Twitter user Davros, Dave Davros1736. Dave Davros. He says, I love the Doctor dances. That's an amazing finale, and to see the Doctor related is great. Nine out of ten. Yeah, cool. Yields. Um, uh, William Gilchrist says, part two of my favourite new Who story. In my opinion, this is also Stephen Moffat's best writing for Who. Yeah. Yep, I would agree. Uh, mm. Adam Pink on Facebook says, the Doctor dances is a great conclusion to one of my favourite Doctor Who stories. Eccleston's second best performance as the Doctor, beaten only by Dalek, uh, picks up well from where it left off and has a great ending before the Everybody Lives became a tad repetitive in future Moffat stories. 
Yeah. Uh, it's gritty, dark, suspenseful, very funny, and all with a few dodgy special effects. Uh, what more could you want in an episode of Doctor Who? 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10, yeah. Yeah. I thought the effects were quite good, actually, so considering. Yeah, they weren't bad. Yeah. Uh, Sammy Satine says, I only, uh, are you my mummy? I only asked because you just told me to, my, you just told me to go to my room. Yeah. Uh, the Doctor Rose and Captain Jack uh, narrowly escape the empty child after nine tells him to go to his room. We find out Nancy is actually Jamie's mum and they manage to turn all the gas mask zombies back into people, blow up the ambulance and save Captain Jack from dying. After all, nine says everybody lives, Rose. Just this once, everybody lives. Uh, it's not one of the standout moments of the episode, not only because... Oh, sorry, it's one of the standout moments of the episode, not only because it happens, uh, but also because of one shining moment Nine isn't suffering from PTSD from his time fighting in the Time War. He's smiling and so full of joy that you realise how depressed he is the rest of the time. Mm. Uh, absolutely fantastic. 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10, yeah. yeah. Uh, Joe Sweeney says, uh, brilliant from start to finish. Uh, started off well with 10 ordering the gas mask people to go to their room, uh, which just sums up Eccleston's Doctor. Uh, quite like the Doctor's trick with a banana. Uh, the mm-hmm. child's uh, bedroom scene is quite creepy. I thought Eccleston was excellent. He looked he was, he was enjoying himself. Uh, Billy was very good. Gas mark, very story, uh, very scary. Great effects and the Doctor with Nana jeans in his hands. Such a happy ending. Uh, the Doctor bringing Nancy and her son together. Uh, again, even with the Doctor's quote, just this once, everybody lives, and also saying Jack becoming a temporary companion. Uh, nice to see the Doctor dancing with Rose. Overall, a great episode. Can't think of anything negative. Uh, it is fantastic. Nine out of ten. Excellent. Cheers, Joe. Uh, Dean Jones says, excellent conclusion. All of the performances are great. Uh, cracking script, nice humour, richly detailed characters. Uh, death is an unfortunate necessity in Who sometimes, but just this once, everybody lives. Mm. Uh, one of the Doctor's best stories, this absolutely fantastic episode and two-parter gets a 10 out of 10. Another 10 out of 10. Yep. Awesome. Let's do another audio clip. Uh, this is Owen Daly. Hello Gary and Adam, hope you both well and enjoying the show this week. So part two, The Doctor Dances. This episode does not fail to deliver the high standards that was set from the previous episode. The cliffhanger is resolved quickly and effectively, showing the Doctor's presence in the episode, which I love. I love how Captain Jack and the Doctor seem to be both trying to outdo each other, trying to impress Rose the most. Uh, but one thing I've got to say about Jack is his sonic gun is a tiny bit ridiculous. But that said, it's not as ridiculous as the sonic cane, sonic sunglasses, or the... Uh, the sonic, the sonic trowel. Yeah, less said about that one, the better. God's sake, Buffett. The gas mask zombies continue to give creepy presence throughout the episode, and I love this story's conclusion, which not only wraps up the story perfectly, but provides a fantastic piece of drama with Nancy revealing she is the gas mask zombie's mum. The doctor is already. The doctor states everybody lives, which is a really great piece of writing by Moffat, and it's kind of ironic, assuming he's killed most of the new series companions, but then again, he does bring them all back to life. But. Uh, it's still a fantastic episode. So I'm going to give this one a 7.5 out of 10, not 75 out of 10. So, uh, yeah, thanks for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. And I'll see you all next week. Nice Cheers, Owen. Nice one, buddy. Some good points there. Uh, back on Facebook, Charlie Turner says, uh, Everybody lives, Gary and Adam. Just this mm-hmm. once. Uh, that quote right there is a thing of beauty, and so is this episode. It's flawless. I love every single minute of it. Words really can't describe how awesome it is. 10 out of 10. Uh, which is a first for me on the podcast, and hopefully I'll rate more episodes of Perfect 10 in the future. Cheers, Charlie. Uh, Lewis Palmer, uh, my preferred half of the story. 
Uh, it's joyful and happy, but still has the scariness of part one. Nancy's story is wrapped up very well, and the characters are brought full circle in a lovely way. I love the line, is it possible you miscounted? <laughs> and I yeah. adore the ending of the Dr. Rose and Jack dancing in the TARDIS. It's such a feel-good ending, especially with the Doctor saving Captain Jack. The idea of the tape stopping without the audience knowing is, is inspired. It's terrifying and such a clever, subtle technique. Uh, better than part one, uh, which has an amazing watch already, and that's nine out of ten. Brilliant. Cheers. Jeff Waddle says, after the near perfectness of the first part, uh, this is no way uh, lesser. Uh, this is in no way. Hold on. I'm going to start that again. After the near perfectness of the first part, this in no way is the lesser part of the two. Still creepy, joyful and suspenseful. And oh, the resolution to last week's cliffhanger i defy anyone to say they saw that one coming the best two-parter of new who by far mm. from jeff it is it is a cracking it's got to be up there as one of the best doesn't it yes um, i meant to ask you about the resolution did you think it was good because it like jeff said it was totally unexpected wasn't it you know i was thinking oh, okay they're probably gonna run away or do something but just that whole go to your room you know the doctor figuring <laughs> out that he can actually because it's a kid. I thought that's, that's, again, clever. It is, yeah, really clever. Um, mm. And it, yeah, as somebody said, it's in inspired writing from mm. the moth, yeah. Uh, Miles McKenzie says, such a great lead on from last episode, not rushed and made sense, uh, a well-made plot, and one of the Ninth Doctor's most remembered episodes with his Everybody Lives line. Rose and Captain Jack were great, and the gas marks on was a creepy overall 9.5. Okay, yeah, 9.5. Uh, last audio clip. This is from The Who Addict. This is Matt Rowney. Hey there, Gary and Adam. I hope you two are well. Now, the Doctor Dances is just like the Empty Child. I... 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 It was a fantastic story, um, and it continued perfectly from the first part. Um, It's very easy for the second part of a two-part story to kind of lose pace um, and lose its intensity and to slow down a little bit. But um, if anything, the Doctor Dances picks up the pace even more. Um, What I did forget to mention in the Empty Child review was the transformation scene. Um, when Dr. Constantine changes into the, the gas mask zombie. Um, for some reason, I thought that happened in the Dr. Dances. Don't ask me why. Um, but that was an incredible scene. Um, but yeah, part two, just as good. Um, I love the scenes in the hospital when they're getting chased around by the the empty child and um, the other zombies. I think that what a perfect setting for that to happen in a, in a hospital that was dead dark. It was brilliant and really scary. Um, but what I love the most about this episode is that throughout all the scariness, all the creepiness it still manages to have the most upbeat and happy ending. And that's what I love about Doctor Who. It brings out so many different emotions in you. Um, and I loved the ending with the nanogenes, of course, curing everyone. You know that line, everybody lives. It's just such a happy ending. Um, and the revelation surrounding Nancy and the, uh, that she's the little boy's mother as well is, is beautiful. Um, everything is finished off so nice in such a happy mood. And of course, um, Jack ends up travelling with them at the end as well, which is great. So, yeah, the Doctor dances again. Like the Empty Child is a fantastic story, um, and I would probably give it a 9 out of 10 as well. And overall, the whole two-part gets a 9 out of 10 too. So yeah, um, take care guys, and I'll see you next time. Thank you, Matthew Rowney. Nice one, dude. Thank you very much. This is every week. Thank you, Matthew. Uh, Last few on Facebook now. Um, uh, Gavrick Sawyer says, Ooh, a favourite of mine from the new series, though it did scare me a bit as a child. Uh, The story was great, the monster was creepy, and the characters were written really well. 8 out of 10. 
Cool. Uh, Joseph Howarth says, finally, I've been waiting all week to review the next part. <laughs> uh, anyways, the Doctor Dances is a brilliant conclusion to this two-parter and following up from my review of The Empty Child, I can now say that this two-parter story is in question uh, is not only one of the best in Chris's time as the Doctor uh, and one of my favourite stories from New Who, but possibly one of Moffat's best that he's mm. ever written for Doctor Who besides Blink. Uh, this part is not as scary and is a bit more light-hearted than The Empty Child, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's uh, bad in a sense. The episode provides so many iconic scenes, like the Doctor and Rose dancing in a TARDIS, the gas mark zombies turning back into humans at the end. Practically everything about this two-part story in general is just brilliant from start to finish. Uh, Captain Jack is just hilarious, and I have to wonder why the good Captain himself hasn't been used that much in the new series recently. Mm. Uh, if you're a newcomer to Doctor Who and you want to start with an episode of the new series, try The Empty Child and The Doctor Dances. You won't regret it. Everything's brilliant. Everyone's brilliant. In the, in fact, the whole thing's brilliant. And uh, you might also say that it's fantastic. Nine out of ten. Nine out of ten, yeah. And lastly on Facebook, Jason Thayer says, I really wish people would cut Moffat some slack. You mm. know what? There are actually some good moments in Compaldi's run. Anyway, this episode is a great wrap-up. It's an example of how... Uh, the Doctor makes better people out of everyone he encounters. Just look at how much Jack Harkness changes because of his influence. I doubt he would have given up being a con artist if it weren't for the Doctor. Uh, it really is a fantastic story and one of the most heartwarming conclusions in Doctor Who. 10 out of 10. Another 10 out of 10, yeah. Another one, yeah. Uh, did we have anything on your Geek's Handbag page about this? Yeah, I had a couple, yeah. Um, Patrick Sherwood says, uh, I love this story so much. I love it. I think it's great, so I'm going to give the story a 10 out of 10, says Patrick, another 10 out of 10. And uh, Kevin Mullen says, uh, truly magnificent. The conclusion to the previous episode's cliffhanger is very clever indeed. The subplot of Nancy being the child's mother and not his sister is beautifully written by the Moffat. And the scene where the Doctor proclaims everybody lives is life-affirming. 10 out again. Sorry, 10 out of 10. Again, simply fantastic, says Kevin. And that was it for the Geek Sandbag. Okay, so high scores all round. So I would say, with our scores and our listeners' scores, this has got to be one of the highest rated that we've done. It is. It is, yeah. Yeah. The average being, well, 10 really, 10 and 9.5s. And it's aged really well, isn't it? As I said, it still stands up really well as a great piece of television, I think. Yes, mate. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Next week, what are we going to be reviewing then? (laughs) Oh, oh, and I was having such a good day. (laughs) Oh, next week. Well, the good news is it's the fourth Doctor. Yay. The bad news is it's the Sunmakers. No, oh. I, I just because it's not one that I watch very often. It's certainly I, I don't remember it being one of my favourites. But yeah, so Sunmakers next week. Um, always interesting to watch one that I think I don't like. Maybe I'll change my mind. Can't yeah, can't really remember much of this one apart from there's a little bold chap in the chair yeah. and someone gets thrown yeah. off a roof. <laughs> <laughs> That's about as much as I can remember from this. So, yeah, next week, The Sunmakers. Wow. Yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> I haven't watched uh, this for years. It's going to be fun. Get that watched so you can send we'll us your yeah. your thoughts and uh, reviews on that. And I think we're going to do there for 133. Okay. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for sticking with us and listening to episode 133. Uh, we'd really appreciate your thoughts 
on the Series 10 trailer as we start the countdown, the one-month countdown uh, to the start of Series 10 on the 15th of April. Yes. It's going to be good. So our our sort of views and attitudes on Series 10 were uh, not necessarily negative, but just sort of up in the air a little bit and you know, didn't know what to expect from the moth and so on. But after seeing this trailer, we're up for it. Yes, definitely yes. up for it. Yes, indeedy. Uh, let us know your thoughts on our review story next week, The Sunmakers. Uh, one that I've only seen the once, so it'll be good to to pop that back on and mm-hmm. see what the situation is with uh, with Mr. Baker. Yeah. Mr. Tom Baker. Uh, head over to the website, www.bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk. Uh, from there, you can listen to all of our previous episodes, and you can also link off to all the social stuff. And you can also subscribe on iTunes. You can link to that from the website, or if you are in iTunes, in the podcast bit, or on the podcast app on an iPhone or whatever, uh, just do a search for the Big Blue Box podcast and you'll see us pop up there. So just give us a subscribe. And if you are an iTunes listener, if you could spare a minute to give us a review on there, that would be amazing because that really helps us. That would be awesome. Uh, Remember to check out Adam's channel, The Geek's Handbag. Uh, Just do a search on YouTube or Facebook. Yeah. The Geek's Handbag. Geek sandbag. Must do a bit of editing later for the old geek sandbag. I was going to say, mate, you want to get showing up there sharpish? <laughs> yeah. No, seriously, check out Adam's channel. It's got so many good videos. I say this every week, mm. and uh, it's absolutely true. There are so many good videos. Like, um, you can just spend, like, literally half an hour's gone by just because you're perusing Adam's videos. Really good stuff. Yeah, cool. Cheers. So remember to check that out. Uh, so, yes. Uh, the countdown has been on for series for series ten. Let us know your thoughts on that uh, as we uh, approach that, because uh, we will be kicking off our reviews of each episode as that goes along. So it'd be good to get your your thoughts and feelings and to catch up on that. So until next time, my name's Gary. My name's Adam. And remember, and. Uh... Uh...